So uh, today we're going to uh, do some questions like we always do, but I already have a subject uh, already because I got a, some interesting questions from last week. I want to give you some guys updates on what happened last week. Uh, the first thing is obviously last week we we're talking about Guitar Center running out of guitars. And uh, I asked you guys to put comments in the in the video if uh, your guitar, how your guitar centers look. And without a doubt, it was 80, 90% of the comments where your guitar centers are empty. And a lot of you guys were saying your mom and pops are empty. Of course, some people were saying their stores look stocked. Like there was a couple said Sam Ash looks stocked and some, a couple said that um, you know their mom and pops look stocked and uh, it got me thinking a couple things first one of the other questions I asked you guys was uh, I said in my guitar center that was empty I noticed that all the high end the American Strats and the American Les Pauls were in stock there were a row of them and I said, what do you think that means? And uh, all kinds of comments, everything from, you know, people aren't buying high-end guitars, which is only interesting because since COVID, I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that high-end guitars have been selling uh, uh, factually. In other words, I'm not just guessing. It's I see it through affiliate links. I've seen, I've seen stores depleting. I've talked to um, manufacturers and to retailers who are selling through their, their high-end guitars. Uh, my wife actually said something really interesting. And she said, well, you know what it is? No one buys high-end guitars at Guitar Center anymore. And, uh, and, and she didn't say it like she thought about it. It was a reaction. She's like, no one buys high-end guitars at Guitar Center. And when she said that, I, I went and took a look at Sweetwater and online. So, and I, what I noticed was, yeah, a lot of the guitars that Guitar Center seemed to be stocked for in that one store, of course, I'm only talking about my, my for instance, uh, there seemed to be a those a lot of stores are the online companies were running out of those guitars so it's she might have a point there that's a really interesting point that a lot of people are not buying their high-end guitars from guitar center and the reason i thought about that and this is what comes into today's show and then we'll get into your guys's questions plus we have a really we have a mystery unboxing some mystery unboxing stuff over here to do um but uh you know, there was a time where it was really hard to fight with Guitar Center over the high-end guitars, okay? So I'm talking from personal experience. People would come in your shop, you would have a guitar, and Guitar Center would always beat you. They would always beat your price. No matter how, no, there was no way to beat Guitar Center. So it was always the bane of every uh, mom and pop in existence. You know, somebody go in there, how much you want for that custom 24? I could do it for $2,300. Like, Guitar Center is $1,900 out the door. You're like, oh man, you do the math, and you're like, man, I'm just not making enough money to make it worthwhile. So we'd always match Guitar Center, but Guitar Center was always bash or slash. And I, you guys, some of you guys remember when Guitar Center took away the negotiating tactic. They took it away. And uh, the reasoning being, uh, at that time, the CEO of Guitar Center uh, had said that the reason they took away negotiations from the employees was they said, well, they're allowing the employees of Guitar Center to actually run the profit line of Guitar Center. And they didn't want them to do that anymore because the employees were doing their commissions. So they were just like, as long as, you know, they just slashed the, the price of the guitar to get the sale. So they get the commission. And But it wasn't good for Guitar Guitar Center. So Guitar Center uh, took away negotiating. And so what I was basically thinking about that was, uh, it's funny because really goes to the point that, yeah, then once you couldn't really get a deal on a, on a, on a high-end guitar, I think it really killed some of the high-end guitar sales for Guitar Center. So interesting, interesting thoughts. I thought we'd just recap that last week, but that still hasn't led me to today's uh, comment or today's question. First question I got this week that I really enjoyed, which was, uh, you know, the industry has been, there's been a lot of talk in the guitar industry for about 20 years now, and maybe a little bit more than 20, but 20 for sure. And I mean, talk from, from buyers like us, consumers, from manufacturers, from uh, industry outsiders and insiders, that this industry in particular, the guitar industry, has been making too much product. 
it's said all the time. Now, granted, it's said casually by just, you know, Jane, you know, uh, John Doe and Jane Doe public, you know, ah, they make too many guitars. Who's going to buy all these guitars? You know, there's no real thought put into it. It's just a statement. But I'm talking about uh, observations from people saying, you know, this industry has literally been making so much product and, and that it's been out of control. And there's been no way to tell if that's true or not. And it's still no way to tell. But interesting, COVID has really created a new Another perspective, and here's a perspective, and this is what I want to talk about today, uh, which is, you know, in, in since I, you know, in the last 20 years, I've seen all kinds of industries: the video game industry, uh, the computer industry, Apple computers, uh, the watch industry. I've seen all kinds of industries have run on things. In other words, they run out of stuff. They sell so much they couldn't anticipate demand. And uh, the, the newest, you know, clothing trend, the newest shoes, the newest, you know, uh, my, uh, for a while, people were really into these uh, water bottles. This isn't the one, but there's like the hydro flask or whatever. Um, even uh, uh, beer coolers, right? <laughs> right? Uh, there's all kinds of things that have been uh, huge in the consumer market sector. And never have I once ever seen any guitar store, much less my own in the, in the past or any of the guitar centers, be empty of any product uh, or run low on product. There was always product. Even in the recession, there was tons and tons of product. Now I understand there was a run on buyers, but there obviously a lot of companies were shutting down and cutting production. There's just, it was funny. So to, so it made me wonder, you know, about now there's actually seems to be a demand. In other words, there seems to be less product than demand. We're not saying demand's way up, but it seems to be it's up. But it obviously supplies down, so demand is up a little bit, supplies down a little bit, and now we're seeing the first time ever uh, retailers actually trying to get product. Now, of course, manufacturers are trying to get parts for product, but you get this, you get where I'm going with this. And then it kind of made me laugh about the fact that over the years, think about all the artificial demand that the industry has tried to create with limited edition, anniversary models only, this color. The color thing is always what makes me laugh. I love it that a guitar company will paint a guitar a color and then somehow make it sound like it's in pop possible <laughs> this guitar is purple and we will only do 100 purple guitars and we will never do any more even if there's 300 people that want them we will not sell the other 200 people purple guitars because purple is so magical it's a magical unicorn purple you can only get this purple on thursdays uh, so i always chuckle and sometimes it works let's let's not let's not uh Let's not uh, pretend that we're not above it. Sometimes, as silly as it is, making a limited color, a limited model, changing things creates this artificial demand for a product. In other words, think about that. The product, they can make as much as they want of it, no problem. They have the time, they have the resources. The paint, it's gallons and gallons of it, but yet they're only gonna make a little bit, so therefore it's special. Um, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so, uh, Brian says the world's hardest tone color. Yes, tone color. Um, so it's kind of funny, right? It's kind of funny and to see how this industry seems to be reacting to what seems to be the first real demand on the industry in 20 years. And I'm just saying 20 because that's just, you know, as far as I back as I can remember really uh, in this industry. So, Interesting, interesting times. And uh, since I wasn't around when the, uh, the 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 Van Halen boom guitar sales uh, party happened, uh, I wasn't even a guitar then. I was too young. But uh, it makes me laugh now, thinking like, is this what this was like? I don't know. It's a, it's interesting times. So I thought I'd bring it up. I thought it was funny to talk about uh, and and kind of uh, kind of think about uh, if you guys could type some examples of stuff you've seen, like like I said, fake 
demand that they've created. There's so many silly things. Um, I was actually talking about uh, to to a friend today about uh, how how uh, companies have put like they made woods that are not exotic sound exotic. <laughs> <laughs> right like this you know they they make a run of the guitars out of this wood and they're like listen and then you look and you go that wood is not even hard to get <laughs> uh, uh, so there you go so that was funny uh so let's read some comments let's see what you guys are talking about uh in the in the uh, on this subject and then we'll go to the next subject you guys want to talk about um Christopher says, it's just a pain thing. How hard could it be? Uh, exactly. That's my whole point, right? I understand there's some kind of like integrity to the fact that, hey, we're only going to make 100 and then we only make 100 or whatever. But my whole point is why even have that in the first place, right? Why even have a number of limited? <laughs> Who cares? Other than to drive up price and, and drive up demand, which is the artificial thing. In other words, it, I say artificial because the demand and the supply... The low supply is creating the demand, but the low supply was predetermined. It was picked. It's not real. It's not like, like I said, it's not like they couldn't make more. They can make as many as they want. They just want, they want to create a buzz and it works. And uh, so it'll be interesting now because I think we've seen so much, and that's really the core of what I'm getting at. We've seen so much artificial fake demand in the last 20 years. I think a lot of guitar players are having problems uh digesting this real demand. I mean, I've seen a lot of comments like, oh, no, this is not happening. And I'm like, it's happening. There's a run on guitar supply right now. It's for sure. Um, so, I mean, could it be fixed tomorrow? Sure, of course. Because like I said, all it takes is the demand to run down a little bit and the supply to catch back up. So, in fact, it could be we could be in the opposite problem in three months. We could have the supplies uh, pick up to, to, to go not only where they were, but actually increase to what the current demand is and the demand drops off. We know there's all kinds of problems out there. Um, Uh, let's see. Hold on. Okay. Um, Daniel says, supply is up and quality is way up. So much better than when I started playing guitars, amps, pedals. Everything is better. Everything is definitely better. It's funny. Uh, it's funny that we were given the forum, the platform for what we do now, uh, us being a guitar communities and, and, and talking. It's funny that we have the ability to now talk about... Um, gear and, and kind of critique it and stuff. And really, it's the best it ever was. It needs the least amount of critique because it's so dang good. It's, it's kind of funny. I mean, think about this. Even when we we uh, when we talk about something that we don't like, that it's not really good, like a cheap multiprocessor or a cheap component or cheap part or even a cheap guitar, and it's like, ah, it's not very good. It's really amazing, actually. <laughs> it's just, you know, yes. So, yes, I believe the standards are, are pretty high uh, as the average goes, right? There's some certain, there are some isolated instances where some of the stuff is not as good as it used to be too. But for the majority, I definitely it's an all. Everything is better than it was as a as a broader stroke, so to speak. Um, let's see. All right, what else? What next subject you guys want to talk about? Uh, Chris is saying on the same note, he's saying it's the golden age of gear, uh, which I've heard that term before, obviously, um, and. Uh, 
Oh, two yards said DiMaggio reopened their doors today, so super distortions are available again. Yeah, it's really it's really important. Uh, I, I love the fact. The two things I want to shout out right now, good timing. I'm happy to see the DiMaggio's back open. Uh, those guys have been shut down for a long time because of the COVID thing. They were, you know, those guys have uh, really been working hard. Uh, Larry, DiMaggio, especially, and Wilson and all the guys I know, DiMaggio, uh, hardest working guys, uh, great guys, and I'm glad to see they're back open. The other thing I want to talk about is uh, big, uh, I want to say uh, that I'm happy to report that if you didn't, uh, that Robert Keeley uh, had, he had his operation yesterday and he seems to be, he has got, gotten out of his operation. He had a, a bypass operation and he seems to be doing fine according to what I understand. So if you guys, those of you who are concerned about Robert or knew about that, now you know, Robert Keeley is probably one of the funnest guys I've ever talked to in the industry. He's just a just an amazing every conversation with him has been some of the most enjoyable conversations I've ever had um, and uh, I'm glad to, to hear that he he's okay so those of you guys who were putting your prayers and thoughts with him I just want to let you know that from what I understand he's doing okay and um, so there's that let's go ahead and move around and take a look at what else you guys are talking about all right we have We got David. David says, Phil, ever come across a single string that won't intonate correctly? Oh, okay. Saddle on my G-string is backed all the way to the back of the bridge, and it's still nowhere it needs to be. Nut looks good. This is a, a very common, common issue with guitars that I see, um, where basically what happens is you're intonating the guitar, and, uh, you know, basically when you set the intonation, when you go back, right, when you're going backwards or going forwards, what's happening is you're waiting for, uh, in, let's just keep it easy, right? So let's say if we're going backwards, in other words, we're tightening the, the thing, um, where the you're setting it basically it's so hard to do without a visual aid i feel like i need a visual aid i'm just going to keep it easy because i don't have the visual aids what i want to basically say is is that you're following the plan i have a video on how to intonate it's very basic video but in that video i warn you of what's exactly happening to david which is you've passed it buddy here's what happens Let's say you're chasing a, a, a string, right? Let's say the G string and it's sharp and you're gonna keep going and it's sharp and it's getting sharper and sharper and sharper and you're like waiting for it to finally not, uh, to go the other way. And it doesn't, you get to, like you said, gets to the back of the saddle or goes to the forward, all the way forward and you're at the end of it and you're like, wait a minute, but it's still sharp. Um, what happens is you passed it, trust, trust me. Okay, so the, the technique that I like, the one I use is what I do at that point is I stop, okay? I go ahead and I just measure the, whatever the scale of the guitar is. So if your guitar is 25 and a half inches, just measure the saddle, saddle from the nut, 25 and a half inches, put the saddle back to that exact measurement, and then start again from there. And move slow. Remember, minor micro adjustments do lots, okay? Um, I think it's an optical illusion. You see these bridges with all these saddles, like zigzag, right? Don't think like that, okay? Don't, don't, there's more in play because there's the angle of the saddle. There's all kinds of things. I want you to picture in your head, and David, hopefully this helps. Picture in your head the saddle of an acoustic guitar, right? Yeah, everybody's seen that, right? It's, it's about an eighth of an inch thick, and then there's just a micro little cut forward and a micro little cut backward. Those micro movements, think in those movements. Like, like the difference between flat and sharp is this, right? Not this, it's this. So, you, you go too far and you're like, wait a minute, but I got to keep going. Don't. Just go back to center. 
measure it out, start over again. That has worked for me over the past. That's what has kept me sane. Um, and uh, because I, I deal with that one a lot, uh, somebody will bring in their guitar, the saddles are all the way back, all the way back to the bridge, and they're like, they put the bridge in the wrong spot. <laughs> that does happen sometimes. Usually, though, a bridge in the wrong spot, besides just being a, an amateur builder doing that, usually if, uh, the only time I've seen where they put the bridge in the wrong spot, notoriously, is with three-quarters guitars. Sometimes the bridge is definitely in the wrong spot. Companies that make three-quarters guitars drive me nuts because they'll, they'll put the bridge aesthetically where it's pleasing sometimes. This is my theory because I don't know why they picked that spot. Uh, a lot of times, three-quarter guitars should look weird. Like a three-quarter strat should look like a strat, but then the bridge should be almost jacked like a bass all the way to the back of the body. Um, in my personal opinion, but uh, but anyways, that's what I would do. That's how I would adjust that. Just like I said, go back to to measure it out, start again, and then move in micro movements, and you'll be fine. So I hope that helps a little bit. Uh, then we have another question. This next question is from who is it from? I don't know who. I'm just gonna read. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to read Grumpy Mike Guitars because this is funny. He says, speed knobs, speed knobs or top hats, ha, dang it, speed knobs or top hats, which has better tone? Uh, well, top hats make you uh, play more like uh, Slash and speed knobs make you play more like Yngwie Malmsteen. I don't know if you know that. It's absolutely true. It's an actual fact that I've found to be 100% true. So it depends if you want top hat tone like Slash or speed tone like Yngwie. Um, and that's how you figure that out. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tito says, I learned the hard way the tape measure did the trick. It does. There, you know what I mean? Like I said, here, here's what I can tell you. Uh, this is a, a really uh, hard thing to say because it's not 100% accurate, right? But it's going to be accurate. In so many cases, I feel confident saying it. If you were to take a basic guitar, a Les Paul Strat style guitar, guitars behind me, and whatever the scale length is, and just set all the saddles flat to that scale length. In other words, measure from the inside of the nut to the to the saddle, the edge of the saddle, the string touch of the saddle. Measure, let's say, on a Strat 25-inch scale across all of them. Make your bridges flat. Um, your guitar would be out of intonation, but it would be so close to being still being able to play. Like, in other words, good enough for rock and roll. I wouldn't suggest you do that by any means. But what I'm saying is it would be a little flat here and a little sharp there on the, some of the notes, but it would be not horrible. <laughs> right? Uh, and some of you, I, it, here's what I find by that. It's going to be the end user that determines that. So that's why I said it's a controversial thing the way I'm saying it, because some pro-level musicians would be like, oh, God, it would be driving me nuts. But an average person in the audience may not be able to hear that much of a difference in the intonation unless you're some of the chords you're doing. And also keep in mind, intonation is also decided by those exact same things, right? Sometimes, uh, you know, you can play, you can get away with it, murder. <laughs> For all of us who have broke a string on stage and had to do some funny tricks to get the chords to sound right uh, until you can get to another guitar. Um, all right. So let me drink some water again. Okay, um, and then Ingve does have speed fingers. Okay, so I'm going to do something a little strange. I have three things to share with you guys. Uh, the first one is um, from my buddy Justin Mabe, and uh, he sent this to me a while back. I opened it already. I just want to share it with you. It was something that I thought was fun, and I said I would do it, and then it, the show got, you know, 
wacky and I couldn't share it. I'm gonna share, I'm empty the contents. He sent this like a care package to me. Um, he sent me some Midnight Brights. I wanna share this with you because I wanna try the strings and these are Midnight Bright 10s, custom 10s. I've never tried these. So I'm curious and of course I didn't wanna try them until I showed them with you guys. He also sent me some of these. Uh, these are these clips. Um, they look like, uh, they're hair clips for my hair. Uh, so you guys know I need those. No, I'm just kidding, they're not hair clips. These are clips. I think they're called Jimmy Clips. I'm trying to see the name. They're called Jimmy Clips. These are Jimmy Clips. And these are basically hair things. <laughs> but they got a little foam rubber and they clip them on the strings and it's to mute your strings after the nut. Now I use wedgies. Uh, somebody asked me this week when I did my uh, tele pickup video, there was a wedgie on the headstock and they're like, what is that? I put a link in that description. It's called a wedgie. It's a pick holder. And it, I only need to mute my uh, G and D string on most of my guitars. So very cool. He sent that. But the other thing he sent that was, uh, I, I was really excited about was he sent some cool uh, Air Force stuff, some Air Force patches. Here's one. Right, this is the Black Widows, 421st Fighter Squadron. Very cool, and it's got the Velcro on the back. I actually have, from my Army days, my uh, jacket where I can do stuff. Oh, look at that, I'm doing that into this shirt. There you go. And then uh, he sent me, this is actually what I was most excited about, and hopefully Justin's watching today, because he sent me this cool Diecast A10 and I grew up in Tucson, Arizona, Davis Moth Air Force Base. Uh, I've seen uh, thousands of these fly over my head every day. <laughs> uh, so very cool. Very, very cool. This is my favorite plane, by the way, the A-10. Not just because I grew up next to Davis, Air, uh, Davis Moth Air Force Base, but, you know, it's just, a, it's just a, an amazing fighter craft. And then he sent... I don't want He sent another one. Ta-da, look at that. Um, is that an F-29? What does it say? It's a F-35. F-35. Why did I say F-29? So F-35. What I like about it is it really messes my head. See how you can see the, the tails? And then it's flat. <laughs> that actually is really, really cool. Uh, and then he sent me, and I want to share a couple of these with you too as well. Oh, he sent me another one. Send me a bunch of these. I'm, I'm like I said, this has been really cool, Justin. I, I hope you guys don't mind me taking a few minutes to share this stuff with you guys. I know on the podcast, it's going to be like, I don't know what he's pointing out. This is an F-16. So very cool. And then he sent me some coins. And so those of you guys familiar with these in the military. Ta-da. Look at that. That's the Black Widows. And what's really cool about these is uh, that's a C1. This one's got a C-130 on it. The Hercules. And then this is the Raptor. And a couple more. I mean, he really went all out, man. It was great. Whoops. And I dropped one. Sorry, buddy. Uh, he really went all out. So for those of you that know what these are, these are really cool. Um, especially since they're from the Air Force. Like I said, I, I'd never seen stuff from the Air Force ones, you know, right? Um, I've seen Army stuff like this and collected it, but not the uh, Air Force stuff. So thank you, Justin. I appreciate that. It was a nice little gift. He, him and his wife sent me. Uh, I want to thank him for that. Uh, yeah, uh, there's uh, Hinch Music 58 says the Warthog. Yes, the A-10 Warthog. It's a mean, mean mamma jamma, if you've ever seen one in action. Um, 
But I uh, thought I'd share with that. And then uh, I'll knock this one out too. There's another card. This one I just got, and this one was fun. It's got kitties on it and glitter. <laughs> uh, and this is from Brad. And so I won't, uh, Brad uh, sent me this card and he said, just a little something. I'm just going to briefly read it. It says, uh, it's a late birthday card. Thank you. And he says, just a little something for uh, for your shop. You'll hear why that matters in a minute. Wondered why Fret Rockers had such a sharp points and asked you. And I think the answer was, there is no answer. After I dropped one on my guitar, uh, he made one of these. So what he did is he made this out of a aluminum, aluminum. This is a Fret Rocker and it's got rounded edges and it feels pretty smooth. This is the important part is that smooth. And so, you know, I agree. I've never understood two things. One, I, I have uh, a bunch of fret rockers. Most of mine are the, the Stumac ones, which are very good. I like them. Don't get me wrong. However, um, I like to carry one that's plastic. I have one that's a plastic and the plastic ones, it's hard to get them flat, but I like that they're light and you can't hurt your guitar with this. This one's very light too as well. And I like that it has rounded edges. Um, uh, this is uh, really cool. And I'm sure if you made these, a lot of people would buy these. I'd buy this. So, and this is his uh, foot graphic, uh, which I think he explained, if I recall. He says, the logo is my pedal to the metal logo. Pedal to the metal brand. Pedal to the metal. Look at that. So, very, very cool. I just want to share that with you. And then we'll wait a few minutes. Uh, and then Nathan, as you guys know, Nathan, my buddy Nathan, who works at PRS, sent me a card and a guitar and he w told me I'm not allowed to see it unless I open it on the live show. So, uh, I'll get there. I'm getting there. Okay. Uh, the, uh, Brent said, thanks to Justin for raising the bar high on competing for Phil's affection. Well, you know what guys, uh, like I said, I really appreciate him doing this. It was really fun. And, uh, and, uh, and I, like I said, I appreciate all this stuff. This is always fun to see this kind of stuff. I never know if it's fun for you guys during the live show when I read or watch this stuff or show this stuff with you guys, but I want to share with you guys sometimes because it's been some really cool stuff and it's always fun. Okay, but we got to get back to get some guitar stuff. We'll keep the this uh, the uh, guitar uh, for another 10 minutes and then get back into... Um... <laughs> you guys are really going crazy over the A10s. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to call the A-10 a fighter plane. That's not really accurate. Some Air Force, Air Force guys would get upset. Uh, Air Force guys don't like it when you mess that up stuff. The A-10 is an attack plane, if you guys know the difference. And then like an F-16 is a fighter plane. Uh, I once made a tank driver. Uh, literally, he turned purple. I've never seen anyone so angry. And if you know anything, if you're in the Army, you're around tank guys, tank drivers. There are very short, angry people. And uh, v But... They are the men of men. I mean, their job is nuts. You couldn't, I, I always got claustrophobic, went nuts. Uh, I've never felt claustrophobic in my life until I try to get into an A1 uh, tank. But anyways, uh, how I made a tank driver go absolutely lose his mind is, uh, obviously I've told you guys this, I worked in the motor pool and one day, I don't know what possessed me to say this or do this. I wasn't thinking it happens as you sometimes are when you're working. Uh, he asked me a question in passing and I, I said, yeah, it's next to that tank over there. And I pointed to a Bradley fighting vehicle and uh, I don't remember exactly what he said. A lot of cursing that I can't say here, screaming. Uh, he was like, uh, Yosemite Sam. <laughs> That's what I remember. He was jumping. And I remember him saying, don't call that aluminum piece of S word. 
a tank and he screamed at me and uh yeah so uh so like i said it's a funny thing for those of you guys who who weren't in the service and some of you guys in the service are going to have flashbacks and women in the service having flashbacks too yes the military is very about saying the thing the way you're supposed to say it so yes an a-10 is an attack plane i don't want to I don't need emails later from the Air Force guys being like, please don't call the A-10 a fighter plane. <laughs> uh, not a tank. Yes. All right. Uh, we we got to get back to guitar stuff because it's a guitar channel. So let's hit some questions. And the next question, the next subject we'll talk about is... Is... This is from David... And David says, torn between JJ Jr. and the Runt 20, want versatility and able to handle pedals. With that in mind, which one is better than the other? The JJ Jr. is, to me, is far better. Let me explain why. They're based on the same platform. They're the, basically the same amplifier, okay? Um, to me, if you, in my opinion, the JJ Jr. is, I think it's $200 more. So for $200 more, here's what I think you get. You get what I think is a better looking version of the two. I think it just looks a little cooler in the two, but if that's not, you know, if you don't or you don't think that, then it doesn't matter. But I think that. Um, the cleans are identical on both amps. They're identical. Uh, so they, they, they're they going to be the same. You're not going to get one thing or the other. Uh, my understanding is they didn't voice the uh, JJ Jr.'s clean any differently than the runt. So it's the same. The clean or the dirty on the JJ Jr., I, I feel gets more hairy and, and more saturated than the runt, but also with that switch and a little bit of finesse, it gets the runt tone. So it's the runt. It's just the runt with, but on that same note, you can get the runt and just add, you know, uh, like, let me put it this way. You could get a runt if you have a BOD pedal and run that through the clean channel of the runt. And I think you'd be in the JJ territory. No, no problem. So, but think about this, the, that pedal's $200. So there you go. If you don't have that pedal, but I would prefer the JJ to the runt, which I did. Cause when I did the shoot up between the two, I decided to keep the, uh, JJ over the runt, and then I decided I liked the Dirty Shirley more than the JJ. And the only reason is is because I liked the plexier, raw kind of crunch distortion over the more uh, angry Marshall kind of distortion. I feel like I just made up all those words that didn't make any sense right now, but I hope you guys know what I mean by that. <laughs> it's like different vibe Marshalls is what I'm trying to say. Um... <sighs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then also, oh, I should probably do this too. This is a good timing. I had, I, I always like to grab the first questions of the day. And I, and again, today's episode got all jacked up with the live feed. It says, uh, first, this one's from Jay. Jay says, hey, Phil, any ideas why my strap position two and four tone is now muddy after an aftermarket pickup install? Okay. Uh, had the pickups in a different guitar and now they sound... And they sounded great. Okay. So basically what he's saying is he had these pickups in another guitar. They sounded great. He's put them in a Strat and now in two and four, they are muddy. Uh, and so there, there could be, I'd have to know a lot of variables. Okay. So obviously uh, you're not mentioning that you're using the tone controls, which could be different. But one of the things in two and four is what's really happening uh, is because you're saying Strat position. I'm assuming you're having a three coil 
a Strat guitar. Uh, that's what I'm assuming. You have three single coils in your Strat position. So obviously, it's just a guess. My guess is that the middle picket is the middle pickup is the culprit because in two and four you're adding that middle pickup to those pickups and that's where you're having a problem. So a couple things I would do. First of all, I would check to make sure that you don't have a tone control that's wired incorrectly or weird and the tone is backed off on the middle position, right? And uh, and again, this could be wrong because I hate it because he didn't say three single coils. He said strat position. So it could be he has two humbuckers and this is all not making any sense. But uh, my guess is what he's based on what he's told me sounds to me like the middle pickup is the issue, either in the fact that it's maybe not a reverse wound like it's supposed to. There might be a phase cancellation issue, a phase issue, out of phase kind of issue, in phase issue, depending on how that is. That's where usually it gets a little wonky, a little weird. So that uh, uh seems to be what I would focus on is focus on that middle pickup and see what's going on. There's a couple things you can do uh, with that pickup. First, check that pickup in the middle and see, make sure it's fine. The other thing you can definitely do is uh, you can just swap the ground and the hot on the middle pickup and see if that fixes those. So maybe there, this is real common all the time uh, when you wire in a pickup sometimes, like uh, let's say you put in a Seymour Duncan or I, like I just had it with a DiMaggio, put a DiMaggio in the bridge position and it's fine, but when I went to position two, it's out of phase and kind of sounds weird and nasal. Uh, so I just flipped the wires because the it was running to make it more in line with the other two pickups. It's best, easiest way to put that. Uh, Andre says, hey, Phil, any tips on how, and this is again, before the show started, I, these are the guys that put questions. Says, hey, Phil, any tips on how to make the tuners in the guitar feel the same when uh, they seem loose and some seem stiff? Yes, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so, I have a tuner right here. So let me explain it to you. Hopefully this makes sense. Most the anatomy of tuning keys are going to be the same. This is a go-to locking key. Um, what I want you to pay attention to is this actual turning mechanism right here that I'm showing you. And what the component should be is uh, there should be on the end of this, and I don't think this camera will focus, but trust me on that, there is a screw. This is a, a Phillips head. Phillips head screws. Most of the time they're flat head screw, but mine's a Philip head screw. So you have a screw right there. And then uh, between this tuning peg, this key right here and the shaft, you will have two rings. One is white. Okay. So that's the white ring that is made of nylon. So it's like basically like, so it's lubricated. That's basically what that is like plastic. And underneath that, you're going to have a metal ring. Okay. So what happens is as you tighten that screw, it's going to compress this down. It's going to tighten this key down and press against that, uh, nylon ring and make it real stiff and hard. And it doesn't change anything. Okay. It doesn't change, uh, the way that the, that the key works. It tunes. It only changes physically how this feels when you turn it. Okay. And, um, now, if you loosen this key, it'll get real loose, right? And again, it won't change anything. It's just a physical attribute. Um, sometimes players like to, to lock these down real tight uh, and because uh, you tune up your guitar and that way you feel like you won't bump them as easy. Uh, it, you know, maybe that's true. <laughs> I don't know. You got to bump your tuning keys a lot. But that's probably what you're dealing with. The only other, the only exception to that rule is sometimes if you have cheap tuning keys, the gears in them are junk and they've been stripped a little bit and the gear is inside. That's what you're getting loose is the gear is actually slipping. Okay. Uh, no different, uh, no different in your differential, uh, you know, when it's worn out and slipping in your car and you feel a little, you know, the jerking and stuff. Um, kind of thing. Uh, so, so that's what I would do first. That's the easiest thing is tighten those things down or make sure they're all equally the same. So loosen them all to whatever one you like or tighten them all to whatever you like. 
but that's how you do it. The only exception would be if you have Cluson style keys. And if so, if you get your keys and they're plastic and they have no screw on the top, then they're just junky keys. <laughs> that happens too. <laughs> um, so, all right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and then first last says, don't go crazy because cheap tuners will break the threaded shaft. Uh, sh he says shift, but a shaft easily. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, don't. Well, that should be the that should be the case with everything on a guitar. Remember, everything on the guitar, just assume it's delicate when you're adjusting it. Not because it's uh, uh, brittle, and it, just because everything does a lot more than you think. So everything's just small movements. Okay. Uh All right, hold on. I'm just looking through the comments real quick. Let me go back. I know I got some super chats to hit real quick. Okay, Matt Wells said, uh, Hey, Phil, love Fender cleans, but prefer Marshall Overdrive Crunch Tone. Can you recommend an amp that will give me as close to the, the combo as possible without having uh, to use pedals? Um... I mean, that's that's tough. I mean, that's really like the everybody says that, right? Everybody wants like the ultimate Fender Clean and the Marshall uh, Heavy. Uh, and I think everything gets close. I mean, in Marshall world, I think the closest thing that gets you to the really good cleans and the really good Marshall distortions, like the JVM that does that kind of thing. Um, but I mean, the Marshall, see when here, when somebody says the Marshall distortion, there's difference between like the British, like crunch distortion, you know, heavy distortion, and the Marshall's got a Marshall tone to it. Um, I personally, I think my Archon does that. I think it gives me the best clean there is, and it gives me a very British Marshall distortion. And some people will freak out when I say that because they're like, uh, but I don't run the Archon with tons of gain. I'll run the gain backed off and drive the amp. That's why I have uh, the, the 50 watt, or not the 100 watt, so I can put it in 25 watt mode and crank it. That's the amp that gets me the closest. That's why I have that amp, and that's why I like it. Um, the uh, the I have the twin sister behind me. I'm still messing with it. I did the video and I'm just tweaking a few things, but um, it does clean. But I don't know if I could say the Fender clean. But yeah, the, I will tell you this. In my in my, it depends on what you use more. That's what you really have to focus on. That's some one of the things that I think about. Do I use clean more or distortion more? If you use clean more, I focus on getting a good clean amp, and then you can run a pedal on that, and I think you'd be happy. If you use distortion more, then you want to worry about getting a good distorted amp or an overdriven amp, and then you know make the clean a secondary priority. So, and then Nathan said, "I'm I'm here. I'm." I'm here to let you know that I'm I'm here while you open the package. All right. I'm going to knock this out. So Nathan sent this. I just unboxed this morning. I didn't open it. I don't know what's in the case. I know that he's been real gung-ho on this. This has been a big thing. He's been communicating with my wife. And uh, he just gave me a card that says, you rock. I don't handle opening stuff like this really well. So this has been a lot one day. Oh, my God, Nathan, you wrote a book, man. <laughs> I love you, brother. But, geez. Uh, okay, I don't know if I could read all of this, although I want to, but it's a lot. It says, uh, Phil, thank you for everything you've done for me uh, over the years. I've, uh, I really appreciate it. I should have thought about the lighting in this room. I didn't know I was going to be reading. Uh, and our friendship, and I wanted to do something in return for you. This is, my, this is a 2001 Custom 24 hardtail that myself and a bunch of friends at PRS sharpened. Oh, okay. Like I'm, all right. Uh, it says... Uh, I got a funny story for you, Nathan, because I'm going to tell you what I thought this was. Okay. 
So a complete overhaul from top to bottom, including refinish and all new hardware electronics. Um, over the course of almost two years, we worked at this gift for you. We hope you like it. And thank you again for all your friendship. Uh, and then it, and it says, oh, read spec. He's got instructions. I love this. It says read specs after opening the case. He told me, it's funny. I texted him yesterday. I said, can, I can't, I said, my, I, maybe yesterday I said, I can't open this until Friday. And he's like, yes. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, you can take it out of the box. And I told my wife, I go, if I take it out of the box, I'm going to look in the case. So I literally had to take it out of the box, like 15 minutes before the show started and put it here. So, okay. So we're going to see this together. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I, I don't even want to show this, what I'm showing you guys. Look, it's the back. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my God. That is the sexiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I mean, Jesus, that's awesome. <laughs> that is, I mean, look at that headstock. And the next natural. And there's stuff written on the back. Okay, I gotta look in the light. It says KYG sharpen my axe, Philip McKnight. Hey, that's my name. <laughs> that is crazy. I don't know what to say. I am literally, I am, I am. I feel like I, I need to stop recording. I'm, I'm just in shock. I mean, I just want to keep sharing that with you guys. I hope this is coming across the way it looks. This thing is gorgeous. It is, it is, it is beautiful and it's light. <laughs> I don't want to put it down. Oh my, that's ah, not in tune, but it's close. It's close. I didn't think it'd be in tune, but wait, wait, wait. look at that. And he put the switch. Okay. So you guys know, this is where I like the switch. <laughs> so he, this is crazy. I, I, okay. Let me read the rest of the card. I, and then I'm going to tell you guys what I thought it was. <laughs> Okay, uh, so, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> I need water. I'm choked up. I mean, I'm really choked up. Okay, specifications, uh, dusty warring, dusty warning, warring, not warning, warring. Dusty warring, 52 tuners, uh, metal bridge, which is my favorite bridge pickup from PRS, 57 neck, my favorite neck pickup, uh, 57 or 59 sometimes, but usually 57. So literally, but see, I, Nathan, I guess, well, he knows I like this stuff, but uh, new adjustable wraparound bridge, which is my favorite. Uh, it says Sonye, which is Nathan's last name, Sonye McCarting switching system. Um, poly, poly acrylic body and, and face a headstock, satin nitro wide thin neck. Wow. Sandstorm fade. That's the color. Sandstorm. Can I show you this? Sandstorm fade with charcoal something. <laughs> it's not you, Nathan. It's like I'm old and like literally all the lighting. So you guys know is behind me. <laughs> see, if I go here, the lighting pops up so I can see it. Uh, it says, uh, okay. Uh, sandstorm fade with charcoal. I don't know what that, I, maybe it is your writing. I can't read that word, but it says body. Matching headstock veneer added. And then I think it's Armando's Amethyst. 
red cover made from oh crap okay this is cool this truss rod cover is made from pieces of his employee guitar that he had made that he he gave me a piece i still have the piece you sent to me he sent me a piece of his employee guitar and then it says the guitar a guitar color matched black headstock logo i didn't even notice that until this now that it's not gold like it normally is and then logo signature and then abalone birds this is i mean i couldn't i don't know what to say i i literally i i want to stop just because i i don't know what to say uh so uh, I want to thank him. Thank you, Nathan, and everyone who worked on this guitar. Uh, I got to tell you, I was afraid. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I've been afraid for it showed up, I think, on Wednesday or Thursday. I've been nervous ever since. I don't handle uh, – I don't open presents. Uh, it's a weird thing. Uh, I'll, I'll probably share with you guys the story just because. Um, I haven't opened a present with wrapping. And actually, I don't want to say this anymore because I, I think I just did. I opened a present uh, in the last year. But that was the first present, wrapping present, I'd opened since I was 12 years old. Uh, it's no bad stories, <laughs> okay? Um, when I was apparently a baby, my mother, my mother wanted a dishwasher. I got to share the story cause it's important. Cause otherwise I, I always feel like I, I'm very self-conscious when I open gifts. Uh, when my, when I was a baby, my mother wanted a dishwasher and my father promised her a dishwasher. And, uh, so what happened was, uh, before Christmas, there was this giant dishwasher box at the tree. And, and apparently every day, my mom, while she was, you know, cleaning the house, washing dishes, she was like, can wait for it. She kept begging my dad to open the dishwasher and he wouldn't let her do it. And then Christmas morning, she went to open it and it wasn't a dishwasher. It was a camcorder. Um, now, this is back in the days where you bought your video recorder from a video store and your dishwasher from the appliance store. So it's not like now where you just tell and exchange it. There was no exchange. She was stuck with this camcorder that she didn't want. And my mom really did not like to do dishes, apparently. This is what I take from this story because um, my mom refused to let anyone ever uh, buy her a wrap present again. She was so... Uh, so we did as little kids wrap presents, but over time, my mom would tell that story so much that we just stopped doing presents. So I always feel weird because I never know how to handle unknown gifts. So I thought I'd share this silly story. Um, but the funny part of the story, hopefully this is for Nathan. Uh, <laughs> Nathan, what I thought you were sending me was uh, Nathan... Uh, Nathan uh, had some in-store credit with a local store that went out of business here in town, and they owed him some money. And uh, he, it went, time went by after the store closed and he, we were talking and I said, well, why don't you just, instead of asking for the money, why don't you see if he's got anything left over from when he closed the store? And uh, he had this, um, this really weird guitar. Let's just say that. And, uh, and so, <laughs> so anyways, this, uh, this guitar, uh, uh, Nathan asked me to go pick it up for him. So I went and picked it up for him. And then uh, my wife boxed it and shipped it to him. So when he was telling my wife that he has a guitar and it's a Sharpa Max, she's like, uh, yeah, he's got a guitar for you. And the guitar showed up and she's like, I don't know what it is. And I said, I, I think it's that weird guitar he got. Maybe he fixed it up. So I was thinking that this whole time it was going to be that guitar fixed up. Um, I still do not know how to process this. Uh, and I hope, uh, I, you know what, at this point, I, I kind of almost don't care that if it ruins the live show today, I hope you guys are enjoying this too. I'm ne I've never, I'm going to show you one more time. 
I gotta tell you, the guitar is gorgeous. It feels great. As Na I mean, literally, Nathan knows that I love this neck carve. He knows I love the the natural back neck. Uh, I, I, I will tell you this. I I love this more than any private stock I've ever seen. I I I could not be more honest about telling you how much I love this color. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And what's crazy about it is this is a color I've never really thought about or set, thought I wanted or anything like that. I just, as soon as I saw it, as soon as I opened the case, I just remember just a second ago, just thinking like, this is gorgeous. So I don't know how to stay focused with this, but I'm going to set it there. But Nathan, uh, guys, again, thank you. Uh, whoo. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to, yeah. String says, I'm surprised there isn't a few tears getting that. I, I, you know what? I, I kind of feel, well, I could tell you right now, literally my throat keeps drying up and I know it's cause I'm, excuse my slurping. I'm just literally just handling it very, I'm, I'm very humbled and thank you. I, I swear. I don't know what else to say. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I just want to, sorry, on a side note, somebody put, did somebody, did your parents trade you for a dishwasher? <laughs> no. Um, so uh, anyways, thank you. Thank you again, Nathan. I'll call you after the show to, to give you, just to tell you thank you and stuff. And, and, and uh, yeah, wow. This is a, this has been like, this has been uh, like, I feel like it's like a show and tell show. It's like, Hey, look at all this cool stuff I got. I feel horrible now. Like, uh, uh, I feel great, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, uh, anyways, thank you guys. I hope you guys uh, love it. I'll take some pictures and post it on Instagram immediately after this. Um, and then, uh, seriously says, take a break and play it, man. I'm going to do a full review. You'll get a video by tomorrow. <laughs> they, uh, uh, so uh, any, yeah. And uh, a lot of, I remember reading a couple comments, uh, the finished rocks. Is, I know it is gorgeous. Just absolutely gorgeous. Um, uh, I know some of you guys are saying plug in and play it. I literally have no way to plug it in and play it. Like that amp behind me is not hooked up right now. And the way I have my uh, show set up right now, I don't know if you guys do live streaming, but if you're going to do audio like that, you have to, uh, I forgot what you have to turn off, but I have to turn off at the beginning of the stream, the thing that compresses it. Otherwise that's what makes it sound wavy. You ever notice when somebody plays music while they're live show and there's this wavy garbly kind of sound? Uh, it's a compression thing that you have to, that's on. You have to turn it off if you're going to try to do live playing, uh, at least with the OBI excuse me, at least with the OBS software that I use. Um, so I just got to show you one more time. I can't believe this. I, I feel like I didn't share this back of the headstock. This is what I'm, look at that. KYG, sharpen my axe, Phil McKnight. So what's funny is I'll never be able to do a sharpen my axe episode as good as this. Talk about setting a bar beyond what, what, what maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it would make me want to do more of those and up my game. So I'm not old. I'm vintage said Nathan. Uh, that finish is amazing. I agree guys. Uh, uh, it, it, please make sure, you know, uh, give, uh, uh, you know, give him the accolades he deserves. Uh, 94 Dodge dude said, can we check the super chats? Yeah, let's check the super chats. I'm, uh, let's get focused. This is a live show. <laughs> We got, <laughs> it's not all about cool guitars for me. Although that would be a cool show. If you guys are interested, I'd love to do a show where every week I get a cool new guitar. Actually, no, I wouldn't be interested in that a particular show. You would lose, it would lose its fun fast, but, uh, but still be cool. Okay. Um, 
Okay, let me let me go through. We're gonna knock out some of these uh, super chats. I, I appreciate you guys all been waiting stuff. Um, uh, all right, uh, it says uh, Syndicate says, "Hey Phil, uh, can't decide between a Fender Player Series Strat or the Performer Strat." Uh, unfortunately, I can't get my hands on the performer to compare. To me, okay, so the so so the, all you guys out there may not know what he's talking about. There's the player series that's made in Mexico by Fender. That's a current series of strats, and, and then there's performer, which are the American-made strats, but more stripped down than the uh, American professional series, and then of course American professional series. Now, so you know, I, I so you know, Fender has told me this, so I, I feel pretty confident confident in this information as a dealer, as they told me this, uh, that the performer series doesn't. Cost much less the manufacturer than the professional series. Um, it's just you know they wanted to hit price points, so they came up with that price point. So in my opinion, as much as I love the player st- series, it's like if you so let me reach re- syndicate. Let me frame your question in a way I hope that makes sense to you. If you said Phil, should I get a player series? I'm thinking about getting one. Are they good? Absolutely, they're great. You'll love it. Go, Phil. Should I get a performance series? Is it a good guitar? Absolutely, you'll love it. Go. Now the question of yours saying, which one should you get? I think you should get the Performer Series. I think you won't regret buying an American-made guitar over the Made in Mexico one. I'm not saying you need the one over a Mexico one. I'm not saying it's even better. I'm saying you won't regret it. The reason why is because one thing I've loved about the Performer Series, which then before the Performer Series was the, uh, what did they call Performer before? Perform- it was originally Highway Series, right? They were satin-finished guitars. And then Highway turned into American something. What was it? Some of you guys will put it in the comments. Um, I forget, uh, but for those of you guys can remember, apparently, <laughs> I couldn't remember it. Um, yeah, somebody says breathe, Phil. Yeah, I'm still a little, I'm still a little taken aback by this whole the gift thing. So uh, please bear with me. But but um, uh, but anyways, my point is is that um, those guitars hold value very well, and they're really cool. I like them a lot. They have good pickups in them. The Sean Brooks makes up a good a good point. He says. Don't get the performer. It has the ugly headstock. It has the 70s headstock, which is the, in my opinion, is the Jimi Hendrix headstock or the Yngwie Helms headstock. It's the bigger one. So that being said, yeah, if you hate that headstock, don't get it. I used to hate that headstock. I think it's because for me being like a, I don't want to say an 80s kid, but I'm like an 80s kid, right? Versus a 70s kid in in that theory of music, right? Um, The 70s was so like, big butter both what do they call the stupid collars butterfly collars and big headstocks on fenders and it wasn't my thing but over time you start to appreciate that stuff and so i've learned to appreciate it and love it so i I like that headstock it's just different um so again if that's a reason to to not like it that's an aesthetic thing but otherwise i would go i would personally buy the performer you won't regret it okay clinton Clinton Beck says, first time I was able to catch the live stream, your content got me into modifying and repairing my own. And now others' guitars have a beer on me. Thank you, buddy. I would appreciate that. Uh, uh, I think I love hearing that. I love hearing my... I was talking to Matt at Texas Toast today, and I told him this. My goal on this channel from day one has been to hopefully inspire, I know that sounds cheesy to say it like this, but inspire someone who wasn't really thinking about fixing their guitar to start fixing their guitar. And my, 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 the biggest compliment sometimes I can get is, is then you outgrow what I'm doing here, right? I want, and go to like the guitar builder channels and then go and see what they're doing, right? Um, I learned real fast. I learned this when I talked to the Stumac guys, the Stumac guys actually probably 
detected it before I even figured it out. That's how my relationship with Stumac started. They they were the first ones to approach me and talk to me about the fact that they noticed a weird trend on my channel that they hadn't seen on a lot of channels on YouTube. Yes, you wake up today and you're like, I want to learn how to fix, build guitars. And then you seek out somebody on YouTube who teaches you that and you learn it. And where I, what they were saying about me and I've learned to, to lean into this is a lot of my channel hits you secretly. In other words, you did, today wasn't the day. You weren't thinking about fixing your own guitar. You were just going to watch me review a guitar. And then I said something and did something. And you're thinking, oh, well, why am I paying somebody to do that? And believe it or not, because I repair guitars, my my wholehearted hope is that uh, when I'm doing easy repairs, again, and this is exactly what I was talking, tell, talking to Matt today about. When I'm doing easy repairs, sometimes I think, oh man, I wish I wasn't, I wish somebody wasn't paying me to do this. I wish they would do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, not because I don't want to make the money, but you know what I mean? It's, it's like, I, I, I wish somebody could you know do this themselves. So I, I love the idea that now I get to teach people a couple things. So I love hearing that is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, David says... Hold on. Oh, we did David's. I'm sorry. Uh, TJet612 says, favorite mini humbucker for the telly, 59, hot rail, etc. My favorite mini humbucker right now is the DiMaggio mini humbucker that I just did in that uh, video. I put a link to it in the video, the best telly pickup. That's my favorite uh, mini humbucker right now. Uh, but I think you're talking about like the mini, like single coil, uh, and it's the chopper by DiMaggio. Now, so you know, I'm a, I'm a Seymour Duncan fan. I've been playing Seymour Duncan's probably more than I've been playing DiMaggio's over the years, but there's certain pickups I like for certain things. Like I like the 59, I like the Pearly Gates uh, mini humbuckers uh, by uh, Seymour Duncan. In fact, most of my videos have Seymour Duncan pickups in them, but I've learned to really love the chopper lately, and I don't know why. There's something about it that it just sounds a little beefier, a little fuller to me, and it's probably because I'm doing so many pickup comparisons now. I'm learning who kind of masters what better in my opinion i think for some reason we don't i, I for some reason i feel demargio has mastered the mini humbucker better than seymour but what seymour duncan did is he made it look not so 80s looking and i think that's what it is for me as i look at the dual blade demargio and i go oh man that's so 80s i don't want an 80s sound i want to i want a full you know i want the 50s tone or whatever right i want the blues tone and so i get the little 59 i get the little pearly gates which are good the little jb juniors and they sound good but and then i put the chopper in, and i'm like and i go yeah this is the right pickup but it doesn't look right and i've learned you know what it's dumb Joe Barden makes great pickups there, Blades too. I use my ears, and I, I'm with pickups lately. I with all the pickups I've been doing with all this with the Somnium guitar. Here's here's my best advice for pickups I could ever give you: Stop using your eyes for pickups. Use your ears. I understand why using your eyes is part of it. The guitar looks cool, so therefore it sounds cool is a factor. But when it comes to pickups, it's just your ears. Just use your ears. Um, because believe it or not, there's some science behind pickups that makes certain pickups sound really good, but they don't look cool. <laughs> okay. Brill, uh, Bill Spruce says, uh, excited. One hour ago, took delivery of an Eastman oh, SB59 Gold Top. The workmanship is impeccable. I'm blown away by this product of shop in Beijing. You know, I, I have to I have to tell you, uh, I did the video um you know, 10 issues I have with US made guitars and 10 issues with import guitars. And I did that to activate and hopefully excite a conversation that I hope happens, um, which is exactly what uh, Bill is saying, is that I think, of course, I'm an American citizen. I, I live in America. I want American guitars. I mean, let's be clear. I mean, most of the guitars behind me are made in America. I buy American guitars when I can. Um, for a ton of reasons. I, I mean, you know, I like Japanese guitars and Korean guitars. I like all the guitars. Let's just say that. I like all guitars. But here's what I will tell you. 
I believe this. I believe that China, Indonesia, Korea, you name it, make exactly what they're told to make. And so as American companies have ordered guitars to be le in, you know, less, I don't want to say inferior, but they basically are inferior. They order them. So in other words, when, when Gibson and Fender order an import guitar, they never order it to be as good or better than their American counterpart. They, they, it's a loaded deck. They make it not as good. Now, don't get me wrong. We've seen it. They've slowly getting better and better. And we're like, oh, they're getting better at building guitars. But then when you talk to those manufacturers overseas, you find out, no, they were always good at making guitars. They just make whatever they're told to. And here's what's interesting in that argument. And I, uh, so again, when you hear companies like Eastman, companies who are Chinese-based companies, and they're in control of their quality control, and not, uh, in other words, not ghost building it for somebody else who set the standards, all of a sudden you start seeing a way different guitar that's way superior than what you think that they're able to produce. And, and like I said, I think the guitar industry, and I think a lot of us think this, is going to end up like the, the car industry. You know what I mean? Where basically the import market i mean the car screw the truck industry right because the truck industry is, is a, definitely a loaded deck uh, if you're in you know in your trucks you know that it's dominated by the american market but mostly because the american companies dominate it in every way uh not because of the quality but because the way it's a loaded deck in the car industry the import cars have been winning and i think uh it's not that I want import guitars to do well or our, our American-made guitars to do well. I want the best guitar for the best money. That's what I want. And I want the competition to, to exist. I want there to be a competition. So, um, uh, and the reason I say that again, it, yeah, right? See, Nicholas is saying Shiji Eastwood, or, sorry, Shiji and Eastman are amazing guitars. I'm telling you, the Shiji and Eastman guitars that I've played are exactly as good as anything else I've played, double the price. Uh, so, you know, and if you don't want to buy, I see the comments all the time. I don't want to buy guitars made in China. Don't. <laughs> you don't have to. That's what's great about a consumer market. You can consume how you feel, you know, spend what you want. But that doesn't change the fact that uh, you, if you, in fact, if to me, if you don't want to buy an import guitar, I think you should be advocating like I am to the American manufacturers to pay attention because I think well, that's what's going to happen. You know what I mean? They're going to get past by. So there you go. There you go. Um, and sometimes I always hate this subject because I'm such a good guitar fanatic. I almost don't care where, you know, I just like all guitars. I don't care where they're made, but that's my fanatic level. Then the rest of me has some opinions too. Um, Christopher Bay says, as long as you don't beer with it, as long as you don't beer with it. I think he means as long as I don't buy beer with it. <laughs> I'm drinking water. I've actually been good. I told you guys I've been off the COVID diet now for three weeks. I'm not losing any more weight. It's kind of sucking. But I lost my initial 10 pounds and I'm on, still on my way. Haven't made any mishaps, uh, missteps in the last three weeks. I've been good. Um, my biggest problem right now uh, is I'm very sedentary. Um, I'm just not getting a lot of exercise. Uh, because I'm working so much. I work in a standing, sitting, stand, look at guitars, work, sit on the phone and look at the computer, make video content sitting down. I, I It's just not, you know. So uh, anyways, uh, it sounds like excuses because it is. Uh, let's see. Uh, Thunder Falcon says, over 1,100 watching. Do you think we love you? I, You know what? I hope it's, uh, I'm flattered by that statement. I hope it's, you love this coming and hanging out every Friday. That's what I love. Um, like I said, uh, 
And then uh, high seas, I, and I'm, 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 like I said, I'm not afraid of controversy, so we're going to hit it. It says, high seas um, Marine Diaz. Man, what a name. High seas Marine Diaz says, after this whole COVID thing, I'm done with China and their communist ways. I'm not buying Chinese, Chinese goods unless I've got no choice. Now, I try not to be political on the channel, obviously, because of not because of a political correctness to want to not offend people. It's just because I think politics are either A, boring or sometimes just upsetting. And I'm here to do not be those things. But obviously, guitar manufacturing, where stuff's made, is a subject that I think uh, that a guitar channel should be talking about. And again, uh, exactly high seas this is what i'm saying if you choose not to buy there uh for those reasons that's my whole point uh it would be a lot easier here's my argument with with your argument it would be a lot easier for the consumer to not buy a guitar made in china if the guitar in america was superior you see what i'm saying and that's what i'm getting at is that um is that although there's a political reason to buy or not buy from a country or a place or, you know what I mean? I mean, think about this, um, you know, controversy is just part of this business. Um, I've done 600 and something videos on this channel. And uh, I don't think there's a single company that I've done a video of where there's not a comment about what that company's done horrible, wrong somewhere, right? So everybody's got an opinion about this. But like I said, ultimately, I believe everyone, every company should strive to make the best product. And uh, there you go. Uh, so I, I agree with you because I'm very conflicted. Let me tell you, uh, if I haven't talked about it, I don't want to bore you guys, but the the uh, PRS-SE, uh, the, the hollow body tube behind me made in China, uh, I received, I think I told the story, I don't want to rehash it again, but I, I received it from, from PRS before COVID. And then it took three, four months before they were able to let me release the video. They told me not to release it, obviously, until it was cleared. And uh, I'm glad it took that long because I was struggling with it the whole time for that same reason. You know what I mean? I, there, it's nothing wrong with having emotional things. And, but, you know, I mean, emotional opinions about the market. Although I just don't want to change the focus here. Um, Floopity Doo says, I like Chinese food. You know, there's a great joke I love. It says the only thing not made in China is Chinese food. I don't hope that's not a, 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 a horrible statement to say, but I, I heard I read it somewhere and I thought it was funny because, you know. Anyways, uh, let's see. Um, uh, and see, and again, now Sean Brooks, and I'm just addressing his comment because, again, it, it's, I don't want to deflect from this stuff. He's saying that basically you can't have a company in China unless the Chinese government owns 51% of it in the business and stuff. And again, I don't think anyone in the planet Earth, uh, even Chinese people, I, and this is just what I feel, okay? So, so if you have a different opinion, please lodge it here, but you know, can you keep it sane? I don't even believe the Chinese people appreciate the Chinese government. No one likes the Chinese government for the, you know what I mean? They're, they're, not, they're not a great entity. So there's, I don't think there's any disagreement with that. The, the, I think the big disagreement, again, guitar community. We're only going to talk about guitar stuff. <laughs> the problem in the guitar community is, is that you can make stuff in Indonesia, China, uh, Korea, Japan, you know, uh, Malaysia, uh, India. You know, that's where we're, that's the thing. They're making the stuff everywhere. Um, and it's you can't deny that China is the biggest player when it comes to manufacturing goods. And that's why companies are making stuff there. So my whole point is, is if you don't want to buy pro products made in China, just don't. It's easy. So in the guitar community, it's very easy. In the TV world, it's probably unheard of, right? I don't know. Maybe there's some TVs made in Korea. But um, you have to make, you have to weigh your, you know what I mean? You have to weigh your decisions. But like I said, you have, you have, 
You have a ton of products available to you that if you don't want to support a government or a type of business, again, you don't even have to support a type of business. Like sometimes when people get mad at a certain guitar company and they're like, I won't buy from them. I'm like, yeah, don't. That's how you fix the problem. See, you don't buy from them and their behavior will either change and then you can reassess then or it won't change and they go out of business. So, uh... Uh, and then Kreener, and this is the end of this subject. Uh, it says Kreener Guitars. I can't say your name, man. Kreener Suku Guitar says, so should we throw away our smartphones? LOL, all phones are made in China. You know what's funny? I just found out that some phones are not. Some phones are actually made in Korea. <laughs> just, I just found that out. That was something my, my wife just found out and told me. But uh, again, that's not the argument. <laughs> the argument is, uh, is, again, I'm not judging anybody for what they purchase, okay? Um, what I'm saying is, is, and I don't think anyone should, right? I believe you should be able, as long as it's legal, it doesn't hurt anyone, you should be able to buy anything you want. I don't care. What I'm saying is, is that when you're buying something, I hope you're educating yourself about why you're buying it. In other words, buying it for some, some of your own personal right reasons. Um, I make decisions every day with the purchases I make is try to be as informed as I can about the subjects I can be about them. So I make decisions that are the best for me and my family. Right. And that's all I'm saying about this is that, you know, I hope uh, that's what I'm just reminding everybody is that do what you want, but you know, like I said, so, uh, and then he says, yeah, but the components are made in China. Well, everything's made in China. <laughs> uh, the, uh, what I can tell you, and I will tell you this over and over again, and th is this: when I, I told you guys I've been to 33 factories now around the world, and, uh, and 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 shops, and I've learned a lot. And what I've really learned over them is, it, besides all the ways that people make guitars and all the stuff that you can learn, which is very very exciting. It's part of my one of my favorite things in my life I've been able to achieve is to learn from all these places. That you learn that really China is dominating all the markets. So if you like that, then you're fine. If you don't like that, well, then that's what I'm telling you. You should, you should, I don't know. Let the companies know that aren't making in China. Let you let them, like I said, vote with your money. If you know a company is not making stuff in places you don't like, then do it. You know, if you it, just like wood, if you don't like certain kind of wood because it's politically, you know, something you're against, then don't buy it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Oh, and it's good. Sean, Sean, thank you. He's kind of changing the conversation towards the right direction. Sean Brooks says something interesting I like. He says, Phil, isn't Indonesia the go-to place for cheap guitar factories now? Well, this is the important thing to remember, is that there are a few players in the game when it comes to guitar. Remember, the guitar community is small, okay? Feels big, it's not. It's tiny, okay? Most everybody in the guitar community uh, knows each other. What it means the builders, the, the retailers, everybody, it's a very close community, manufacturers. So the reality is, is this, in the manufacturing game, in other words, the companies that build for the companies, there are a few companies that do it. When I say few, there could be a hundred, but you gotta understand, it doesn't work the way you think. It's not like a hundred and you're like, okay, and then they all collectively make all the guitars. Literally, Samick and Court are dominate, they dominate a huge part of the industry by making the majority of the, the guitars. Okay, they're a huge part. So where when it comes to where stuff's made, it usually has to do with where the biggest players are at and that's where they go. It doesn't make sense. Um, and that has nothing to do with the guitar industry, by the way. That's a, that's a business resource logic. Uh, you know, in Phoenix, Arizona, we have a huge amount of call centers. Um, 
for a ton of reasons. One, it's our time zones, but two, it's like once you start building a bunch of call centers, it makes it easier to build other call centers because you have a great resource of employees pools to pull from because, hey, you can buy, you can hire people that can handle customer service or collections or whatever you want. And uh, same thing with manufacturing. You see it, you also see it congregate in certain places for all kinds of reasons. Um, so yes, uh, right now, if I was going to say who's the big, who's the big growing, the, the biggest growing entity, it's Indonesia. And I think it's because all the reasons we know, they, they, they actually embrace the, the, uh, machinery aspect, the to technical, to technological side of guitar building, which is good. They um, they have great resources there, uh, and they don't have the political stigma that China has, which is an advantage. Let's be honest, man. I think most players, I wouldn't again, not trying to pigeonhole anybody, but most players when they see Indonesia or China, have all kinds of positive connotations to that. Has all, obviously from everything from the political side to just the hey, I hear good things. Um, so yeah, and um, but as we all know. You know, that's how it keeps happening. It, it keeps moving. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, Frat Level Midnight's making a joke about how hot, why uh, working at call center is great because it's hot as hell in Arizona. Yes. I feel like the show's gone awry. We got to get back on track. Um, uh, what else are we going to say? We're going to say... Um, I want to say, I'm sorry, man, if I'm butchering your name. I'm assuming this H is silent. Cone? Um, I'm probably wrong. It says, do you have a favorite JHS pedal? Um, yeah, you know what it is? It's the pedal I want. I want the bonsai tree. Uh, you guys, uh, I sold a couple of my tube screamers. I said, I've been saying this for years. If I didn't have all these tube screamers, I'd get the bonsai. I'm, I'm working there. That's my goal. My goal is to get to the bonsai. Uh, you know why? It's because the TS9 is a great pedal, but I don't like the button on the switch. It's, I feel like I'm always pushing it. It's not engaging. And uh, I have the um, the Maxon one. It's really good. And uh, the same thing. I just, why do I, I, th I just started thinking about it. I just sold my, I uh, just sold my Ibanez Mini uh, Tube Screamer. It's a great pedal. But yeah, so that's the one I want is the Bonsai. I think it's, I think it's the best pedal he makes in the idea of, you know, what it does. Um, okay. And hold on a second. I just want to refresh this. I always think I have control of this stuff and then it just goes out of control. Uh, what I mean by the, the reading, staying on top of you guys' comments or questions. And then I'm like, I see a bunch I didn't see. Um, Chris says, Phil, why do people hate on EMGs? I have an Ibanez RG iron label with 8160s, and I love them. Because of exactly what I was just saying earlier, buddy, uh, it's their eyes. Their eyes CMG. It's like plastic. It's not good. I just put, you know what it is? I just did it. I've been fighting back and forth this for years. I just put my set of uh, uh, laces back in there, and I finally got my third dually. I, you know, some of you guys know, if you follow the channel, you know I had def two defective duallys in a row. And I was like, and I told myself, I go, what are the odds I got a third defective dually. So I got another one and it's, it works fine. So, um, so I have my three, uh, 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 laces and they sound great. They're such good pickups. And, and even though I always tell people, they remind me of Epcot. They just got this like seventies future plastic look, but same thing, EMGs. I think it's aesthetic thing, right? I think, cause I, I tell you right now, your eyes tell you EMGs sound like a certain thing. And then when sometimes when I hear EMGs, I go, man, they sound good. So yeah, I agree with you. And you know what's funny? I think I think a lot of players would be shocked to find certain players using EMGs for certain situations. I, I, the idea that they're just for metal is uh, to me is horrible because they do so so many things great. They're fantastic pickups. 
Um, Fox with a W. Fox in the Hound. That's cool. It's phonetic. Uh, F-A-W-K-E-S. And the Hound says, Phil, what's a reasonable price range for service like pickup, install, and setup in COVID times? Thanks. Um I don't know. The sad thing about labor like that is it's it's uh, definitely direct. It's definitely con- connected to where you live. Um, so uh, I can tell you. Let's start with a setup. A setup should charge, depending on their area, thirty to a hundred dollars. It sounds almost like a cop out when I say it out loud. I charge eighty now. I was charging seventy five forever. So I'm up to eighty bucks now for a setup. Is what I charge. I feel like my setups are on the high end. There are local repair shops that I think do pretty good work in town that do it for sixty. I'm just not going to do it for sixty. It has nothing to do with YouTube. I've said this before. When I was seventy five dollars before I even made my first YouTube video, um, my prices have always been depicted on. And so you know, very clear. And everybody's going to have different reasoning for this. My prices have always been dictated by my availability, my my resource of me. How much time do I have to do this stuff? And I can physically only do so many. So if you, for some reason, want me to do the work, I, I got to charge a thing that makes sense. So um, uh, I went to 80 uh, before COVID. Is, so it's not because I didn't bump because of COVID. In fact, I was shut down for almost three months during COVID, not doing repairs at all. Um, so, uh, so that's what I charge. I think the fair going rate, depending on where you live, is probably 50, 60 bucks. But like I said, there's people that charge 100. Uh, and I, I, I wanna, I'm pretty sure one of their main reasoning, uh, you can go on Sweetwater's website and they have a price list sheet that tells you all their prices. And I think that's when I far, first, a couple of years ago, started raising my prices. I saw what they were charging because I was usually just charging what everybody else was charging around me. Um, pickup installs are another easy thing too. Uh, pickup installs are usually $25 a pickup. That's what it goes for around here in my area. So 50 bucks. But what I will tell you, uh, Fox and the Hound is this, you can do pickup installs yourself and you can do your own setups. That's something you can do. I, I hope, I love it when somebody goes, Oh, I love it when somebody tells me a price is unreasonable and I'm like, well, do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I understand. And so, you know, I'm not judging you for saying that. I get angry sometimes, uh, emotionally upset when I see the prices of what it's car wash costs now. And, uh, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> so I go do it. I take the car, I try to take the truck to get it washed. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, gone are the days where I used to just pull up and it was like $9 and they used to, Hey, three bucks more and we'll do your rims and tires. And you're like, okay, that I think it's like $25 now. And my car comes out half dirty. So, <laughs> uh, uh, Scott says, can a guitar tech make a six figure salary? Um, I don't believe so. Okay. Um, it, it's just not, it's not possible. It's, it's not likely. Um, and the reason I say that is, is because it's always has to do with, it's going to really be the deal. The deal is, you know, so let me explain guitar text. This is a pretty interesting thing. This is one of those questions I hate, I love to say that I never got asked on the show before. And I always wondered why, what do guitar techs make? How do they make money? Well, first of all, there's a couple different kinds of guitar techs. First, I want to say with uh, because of uh, just of uh, uh, a humble kindness, I'm going to exclude all the guitar techs at Guitar Center because I think that whole gig, gig is BS. It's horrible. In fact, I'll just say bullshit. It's horrible. I got to curse because I, I, if you're working at Guitar Center as a guitar tech, I hope you're doing it to build 
your clientele, you're building your your uh, your skill set, and then you move on. That deal is not a good deal. And if you if you're watching this and it upsets you because you work at a guitar center, you want to make a comment. That's fine. I hope after you make your comment about how you don't like what I'm going to say, I hope you get you you take it in and 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 maybe do as I s- suggest and leave <laughs> when you get a shot because that deal is horrible. What they pay those guys. I have two friends that are guitar techs at Guitar Center, and um, it's horrible. Okay, so what what should a guitar tech make? Um, uh, <laughs> Sean says maybe if you're guitar tech for the Rolling Stones, depends. Again, everybody's different. But let's talk about what you can make if you wanted to repair guitars for a living. What can you make? Well, first of all, it depends on the gig. So you, if you get a job with a music store, in other words, working at uh, renting, subleasing a space, that's a real common thing in the guitar repair world. Is you find a store that needs a, a tech and you sublet the space. So if you can do that, that's a good deal because what you can do is they they have the landlord, they have the loans, they have all the work, they carry all, uh, the bulk of the, uh, the 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 insurance, and they're paying the electric bill, and you're paying them a flat rate for the space. So sometimes it's two hundred bucks, sometimes it's you know seven hundred dollars, depends on what where it is and how much traffic they're getting. So that's really cool gig because uh, it's low rent and now you're just working to build and then you can start doing the math in your head okay so if you're getting 50 bucks for a setup and you do 10 of those you make $500 right and so if you can do 10 setups a week that's two grand a month and you're paying $700 overhead and you make $1,300 so that's not a lot of money but that's your base right because again work comes uh, you know with other repairs refrets really make a lot of money real fast so uh, and uh Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Somebody's just wanted guitar center. Um, the other, the other deal that I'm not too much a fan of is where you give a piece of your income to this, to the store. Okay. Um, which is where they take 20 or 30% of whatever you charge. That is not a good deal. Although it's a really common deal. I'm not saying if you're doing that deal right now, you should stop. I'm just saying it's not ideal. Um, the only advantage to that is if you don't make a lot, they don't take a lot, but it, you just said it out loud. You don't make a lot. So, you know, that's not the goal. Um, so, so I think if I was going to say what I think a good tech should make, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I paid myself as a guitar tech legitimately, uh, for 10 years, uh, 50, just over 50,000 a year is what I was making as a guitar tech. That was my goal. It was for the first couple of years, it was almost impossible to pay myself that salary. So, you know, so, um, but after time I was able to do that. So about 50,000 a year was where I was trying to hit my target. Um, and you know, and guitar tech, and so being a guitar tech because it's a commission structure, you definitely want to because it's piecemeal as jobs come in. You're going to have high times, low times, and you have to average it out. That's what I think is a fair amount f- for somebody to make. Um, and, and I think that's a, a reasonable goal to, for an income to make. Um, I think uh, I think a lot of players could. Or I think a lot of people could if they set up a shop. Now, if you decide to do a freestanding repair shop and do it yourself and do your own thing and be the owner operator. Um, the again the rent's going to go up and then once you add employees you know you, you mean you're changing all that stuff i will tell you a sucker's bet uh sean brooks says 50k is minimum wage in new york so keep in mind in arizona i think the average income in arizona is 40k so it's different right different states different things now that was different i mean it's you know I mean, it's different different um uh the um what are you gonna say the 
the ownership aspect that's a little tricky is this. I, I learned this the hard way. As I expanded and took on employees and did more stuff, I found that I made more money, gross, but I netted the same or less. <laughs> so there you go. So there you go. That's what I think you, those are reasonable expectations. What I would imagine if you were going to, if you asked me, honest to goodness, what I thought, if you like, like, let's say you're my friend of family and you came to me right now and said, Hey, I'm going to start my own uh, teching. I'm going to start teching, uh, you know, repairing guitars and I'm going to set up a shop or I'm going to set up a place with a place or do it whatever. However, uh, what do you think I can make? I think you would make, um, uh, I'd say 25 to 30,000 a year would be the, uh, not the max, but that's what you could expect to try to make hustling uh, and working your butt off. Because here's the thing that they don't tell you. Uh, I can make, you can make good money, but then you have, you have expenses, you have tooling expenses, you have other costs. And of course, you know, heaven forbid anything goes wrong. So. All right. Uh, hold on. I have more, more. We're almost done. Okay. We're at the end, but I got a couple more questions. What are they? Uh, we have Oliver. Oliver says, big love from England. Uh, my question is about the best brand under 600, uh, $600 to $1,000 series. Do you think the best in the 600 range complete compete? I just want to make sure I understand your question, buddy. It says the best brand, 600 to $1,000 series. Do I think the best in the 600 range compete with the best in the 1000 range uh will do a $1500 series yes i will do a over $1000 uh series uh but it won't be imports so at that point it just makes sense to open it up to all the players right um and uh yes the, the problem i had with this video series no one had done one before <laughs> <laughs> as silly as it is, it's one of those like, who's the best guitars in these range? And everybody's like, oh, when you see that video, you're like, oh, of course, what an easy video to make. But it was really not because I'm like, how do you grade everybody? And how do I figure this out? And it was so easy. If it was a bunch of us sitting around right now, we're like, who's the best brands? And you'd be like, oh, Fender. And I'm like, no, it's GNL. And then I'm like, yeah, but how do you quantify that? And, and so I, I, I created these Excel spreadsheets and I started putting scoring points in categories and started figuring things out. And it really didn't have to follow that by any means, but I, I wanted it as a guideline so I can stay consistent. My whole hope, uh, which I think I pulled off, I feel like I pulled it off pretty good, was I was trying to make a bunch of videos that didn't seem like I was just like, what is he talking about? The other video, he said this, and now he's saying this because it's like, you know, it's it's emotional, but you want some kind of guideline. Um, what I really feel is, is this, that opens a conversation. Here's a good conversation that opens. It opens it to the conversation of, you know, uh, what's it? Law of diminishing returns. Where do the laws of diminishing returns happen? And I think there's, there's little holes where, yeah, you buy a guitar, you can buy a $600 guitar, a guitar at $600 is the peak of that price category is a great guitar where then for some reason at $800, you can be buying a cut down rate version of a, of a $2,000 guitar. That's not as good as the $600 guitar. Does that make sense? A perfect example, I think of this is this. If you think about it, in the, and if I want a good example, this is the example, example I think of. When I think of a, uh, of a guitar that's like does the, exactly what I'm saying, it's the $600 Epiphone, you know, double bound body, gorgeous top, plays great, beautiful, you know, flaming. And then for $800, a stripped down, no finish, just mahogany Gibson tribute Les Paul, 
right? I'm not saying that guitar is bad, but think about that. It's $200 more, but it's stripped down to almost nothing. And at that point, they're almost the same comparable componentry. In other words, they're using the same kind of import style bridges and tuning keys, uh, either don't or come with gig bags, nothing really special when it comes to cases. So, um, so that's my point. See how weird it is to grade like this? That's why I said, I, it's a, so to your point, to your question, yes, I think it's interesting. Yes, I believe that um, that's why I was really careful about how I was doing that. I believe that if you ask me like, which is the better quality instrument overall, I think the $600 Epiphone beats the $800 Gibson. As, as long as we take out that one anomaly, which is it's a freaking USA made Gibson. Like as soon as that weird statement is taken out, then this guitar is not as good as the other guitar. But being the brand power of being Gibson and the, the factor of being made in the USA, and a lot of people, especially right now uh, on this channel, a lot of people from uh, all around the world, they sometimes they don't understand it. I don't know if it's a big deal everywhere. <laughs> it's probably not. Some people, yes, some people, no. But in the US, okay, I, ho I assume, I hope, that if you live in Japan, I hope that Japanese guitars in Japan are valuable. I hope if you're in Germany, Germany-made guitars are valuable. I hope if you're UK, UK guitars are valuable. And in the US, US things have value to people in the US because it's our country and it supports our economy and it's, right? And a lot of people are like, just because it's made in USA, it means it's good. Eh, you know, generally Americans believe that we make the best stuff. I, 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 I'm, of course I believe that. I, 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 like I said, I hope that you guys, wherever you live, I hope you believe you make the best stuff. Hope somebody watching right now in Canada is like, no, we make the best stuff. That's, I hope that's what you believe. Cause that's what you're supposed to believe, right? Home team, right? You're supposed to be for your home team. That's my opinion. Um, but my, but aside from that, uh, yeah, there's this thing in the U S that a U.S. USA guitar has more clout. And of course the biggest thing in us is it has resale value. So there you go. <laughs> has better resale value. Uh, and then uh, Smelly Cat Chat says, I knew this was going to be named. I much prefer the Gibson tribute because of the nitro finish and the pickups. I don't need frills. Just uh, feel it sounds good. Now, see, that's again, that's an untangible, right? So let me give you ex a perfect example, Smelly Cat, where you're going with this. And I'm agreeing with you. Uh, I literally have no desire to own a Fender Strat with a 5A flame top. It's just something like to me, a Strat in, in that metallic blue with a white pickguard, no pearl pickguard, just white. That's that's all I need. I'm happy. So if somebody said, oh, yeah, but that's the that guitar comes with a 5A flame top and a pearl pickguard, I'd be like, yeah, I don't care. That's the intangible, right? So you are preferring something that is. Uh, it's not a quality thing. It's less, it's less fancy, I guess. Right. Like is what I'm trying to say. So if I said, Oh, I like this better. It's, you know what I mean? That's the whole point I was making with the Epiphone versus Gibson. The Epiphone is all glammed up and the Gibson is all stripped down. And so then when you look at it for value of price, here's what I mean by that. It's not that I'm saying $800 for the tribute isn't good. I'm just saying you think in your head, why isn't it less money than the thing that's all tricked out, right? So a perfect example, what I'm saying is, uh, is, is if they made this Strat and it was $1,000, but then the 5A flame one with the Pearl Pickguard was $800, you'd be like, that doesn't make any sense. It should be the opposite of that because the other one's got more fancy stuff on it. So it's like buying a car with leather seats that cost less than cloth. You could say, oh, I don't like leather seats, but it's regardless, it's perceived that the leather seats have more cost. Uh, so they're e e therefore equates more value in the idea. Again, we're just talking about ideas. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, 
Thunder Falcon asked this question. I got this asked a question before. Uh, it says, what do you think of Fender Yosemite Strat pickups? Um, I know I just played some recently. And I, uh, they were fine. Like I didn't, I didn't, you know, like, whoa, <laughs> I just, I remember, I remember somebody asked me before this question before, and I remember I hadn't played them and I just got my hands on some and I played them. Uh, and I, uh, like I said, I remember thinking I like them. I liked them. So, uh, but I don't have a stronger opinion. And so the good news is I don't, there's no negative opinions, just no strong opinions because no heavy examination of them. ER Webster. Hey, ER, how's it going, buddy? Uh, it says, I basically followed the exact path. My first guitar got fixed up thanks to your how-to videos. Oh, cool. So ER is talking about, uh, you know, he watched me and he's I, my little, hey, here's some tricks and tips. And then he started going down the deeper path, the going down the deeper rabbit hole. And again, that's what's really cool. The, like I said, uh, it's uh, an ER. If you guys don't know, I, I did a shout out to his channel. channel. He's doing the Guitar Bill-Off Challenge. He's doing a great job. I just watched his newest video. I think was this week. Really? I watched it this week. I don't know if you put it out last week. I thought it was this week because I thought when I watched it, it said it was like only like 10 hours old or something. But um, and uh, he's doing great. And uh, so I'll put a link to that when I do the index. But uh, uh, exactly that, right? It's fun. It's a fun thing. Uh, and it's always interesting to see where it takes you. I always find that the, as people work on guitars, you get to a point where either you just want to keep building guitars. You get addicted to it. You get addicted to either building guitars or you get immediately go, okay, uh, like here's a good example. I, I was just contemplating today buying a loaded pickguard from 920D. I was looking at him and I was laughing, thinking, wow, I wonder what people would think if they knew I was buying a loaded, already pre-wired pickguard. But you know what it is? I don't, I don't want to do it. <laughs> what happens to me sometimes is I get all these parts and I do videos and that's great, but sometimes I get some parts for my guitar and my guitar sits dead for months because I don't have time to do my thing. So I was like, well, maybe if I just order it preloaded from them, like just drop it in and I have no excuse. Um, so like I said, it's funny how this this works as, an, as a thing. Uh, Gabriel says, hey, Phil, what is the easiest guitar to play in your collection? Oh, the one that makes notes play themselves. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say it's funny. I'll tell you what it is now and what it was. It is now my PRS Mira. Uh, I don't think it's here. No, it is. Uh, it's out of view. I can slowly put it in view. It's right there at bottom row, right underneath my base. Uh, it plays like butter. I don't know why. It has nothing to do with Miras. It has that guitar is just sick, uh, sick guitar, and, and it plays amazing. The guitar that did play the best was my Framus Panthera that I sold to uh, Unfreaking Believable. That guitar played so easy, it actually was ruining guitars for me. <laughs> It was like every time I played it, I was like, eh. and then I played another guitar. And I'm like, man, it's difficult. Uh, but that's a guitar that plays nice for me. But it has, so, you know, playing, this is probably the better part of the question. I love this better part of the answer. When I say, when we say play easy, because so, right now some of you newer players are like, what are they talking about? Is the strings more bendy? Playing easy is a non, again, I don't want to say non-tangible again, but non-tangible perceivable thing. In other words, a thing that you think is happening. That's what I've learned because I can make the action super low on a guitar and you're like, oh, it's light to touch, but it's really not that. Some guitars just feel effortless. There was a question earlier today I missed and like I missed most of the questions and the guy said, Phil, I took two strats. I caught it. I just couldn't react to it because I was doing the unboxings. It says, uh, I took two strats of the same luthier. He did setups. They're the same guitars, yet they feel totally different. 
there's a couple things. First of all, with strats, always keep in mind that there's more going on behind the under the hood than you think. In other words, those springs in the back do more than you think. So when somebody says one guitar doesn't react the same on a strat, I always say, okay, are the claws in the same position and the springs, the same springs, you know what I mean? Uh, those factor in there, you have to factor in. So if somebody says, yeah, it's the same bridge, same action, same gauge of strings, same type of strings, I go, yeah, but what about the springs and the claw in the back? Are they set in the same spots? Because that does change things. Even when bending and stuff, because again, that bridge moves and it can pull back and all kinds of things. But but um, but back to uh, the, what the core of what Gabriel's question is, which is uh, easy easy to playing guitars usually to me have nothing to do with the action. They have nothing to do with string gauge. It's just uh, like I said, it's a handshake. It's like it's like you know how you shake somebody's hand. I wish I I wish uh, some of you guys are not going to understand this, but some the ones that do, I'm I know you're going to with with me. You ever shake someone's hand and in that handshake, I hate them. Or I like them. I, I have that experience all the time. I shake somebody's hand. I can just tell. I can tell. Excuse my language. I can tell somebody's an asshole from a handshake. Handshake in a second. Just literally shake their hand. And it's not because they squeeze your hand. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody's handshake tells you more than uh, you think. And some people don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but so I always say, I call it the handshake with a guitar. When my hand touches the neck and I start playing, it's, there's something happening there. I just know the guitar is right. It feels great. It's easy to bend. The, the mirror to me, it's not about how light it plays. It's just, it feels good. Every time I play it, it's doing what I need it to do. It plays great. Um, okay. Uh... <laughs> Okay, I gotta read this comment. It just it's jumped, but I gotta—I'll find it. It said, uh, "I don't know who said it." Somebody said, uh, "Just go to your local guitar center and steal the springs out of the silver sky." Um, <laughs> yeah, um, the my favorite springs. I tried all the springs at Fu Tone. I highly recommend those. My buddy Eric gave me uh, one of each one of the sets, and that's what sent me down the road. But my favorite springs, for some reason, are the ones that Fender sell, the black ones. Those are the ones I like, so I buy those. I'll stick them on most of my guitars now. I don't know what it is. Uh, I should put them on. You could probably gauge what it is. Springs, what, you can t what I can tell you is there's different tensions. They're, they look the same. They're not. You learn this uh, as, you, as you do setups on so many guitars and pull the springs out of guitars. They're all different thickness of wire spun around. They're different materials. They're different lengths. They're different. They're different. So like when you go, oh, but the claw's in the same position. But I'm like, is the springs the same? Are they the same length? Are they the same gauge of wire? Those that factors in, not just to the tremolo, because like I said, the only thing that happens that's different. If you really, if you really want to know, on a side note, if you want to know, if you have two strats and you want to see and they're playing identical, what I would do is crank the the claw down in the back so that the springs are pulling the bridge against the body so it's blocked, right? Some people just put a piece of wood behind the block so it won't move, and then that way when you're bending the bridge won't move like a hardtail. Uh, and that would give you the best sense of those two guitars if you wanted to see them uh, to be identical. But really what I've experienced is when you're bending on a, any kind of guitar with a tremolo or playing chords, that tremolo is constantly moving and how it moves changes the way the strings feel to you. Uh, okay, how are we doing? We're good. I think we hit it. We did a, a long show even though we started with a disaster, but we ended with this amazing, all this amazing stuff. I don't want to take any credit away from... Um, from Justin uh, uh, or or hold on or Brad, I'm like looking at all the stuff. It's just a what a great uh, great day. It's gonna definitely be my weekend for sure. Um, and then I I feel like I gotta do 
Hold on. I think I saw one more super chat. I'll do one more super chat, one more non-super chat. As soon as I verify, that's all I got is one super chat. Okay. I have one, two, three, four super chats. So don't do any super chats because I'm not going to refresh it, so I won't see it this week. Uh, it says, uh, first, Dark sh uh, Shadow Shadow Widow. I'm saying it wrong. You did super chat for no reason. I appreciate that. I'll just call you Dark Shadow. Shadito. <laughs> no. uh, Buzz Wilson says not to put you on the spot oh well you know <laughs> but gonna put you on the spot here you need a Strat style guitar to take to a gig and not worry much if it gets dropped or even stolen what are you going to buy Mexican Strat absolutely see how fast that was Mexican Strat I have a Mexican Strat literally that's what it is you know what was funny I was just talking about uh, Chris at the guitar pit um, PRS sent me one of their new uh, stands right Gene asked me if she, uh, PRS if I wanted to check one out and um, it was tough because uh, uh, I was like I don't know <laughs> so she sent one and uh, and funny enough, I saw Chris at the guitar pit, and he just reviewed one, and he knocked it over in his yard. It's a fun video. I'll put a link to it. It's great, uh, and uh, it's a great video. And he was talking about like uh, you know like what if your dog comes and knocks it over, and he's like what if somebody knocks it over? And I was I was thinking when I was watching this like who are all these noxious asses at his house? Like maybe you should need better friends, right? I was laughing in my head, right? And uh, so uh, my point is, I was gonna say this. This is perfect timing. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, he, what Chris needs is not a, a stand that keeps his guitar safe. Although that's, I know he was doing, going for the joke on the video. Um, you need a decoy guitar. I have a decoy guitar. It's my Mexican Strat. Um, so what is my Mexican Strat? It's just a, you guys have seen it in videos. It's just a Mexican made Fender Strat. It's a great guitar. I've had it forever. And what it is, is that's the guitar I can take anywhere. I don't worry about it. And if somebody just, you know, kids come over, sometimes kids come over, right? And they're like, hey, can I play one of these guitars? That's like the worst thing to a guitar collector, by the way. Your friends come over and they're like eight-year-old kids like, can I see your guitar? And you're like, <laughs> you're like, uh, and I always go, yeah, here. And I just give them the Mexican Strat. And they always say the same thing. But uh, can I see that Les Paul looking one? You're like, no. <laughs> But, but that's what it is. And so, yeah, you, I, I think it's a great guitar. And you can know what it is. I tell everybody this. If, you're gonna, if you want one of those guitars, Buzz, uh, you, you pick one up the same way I did. You just One day you see one for 250 300 bucks and you grab it. Uh, and then Dark Shadow Widow did it again. Uh, but this time has a comment, and I'm probably still saying it. It's, it looks like Shadow Widow. Witto with a T. Uh, hey, Phil, where can I find good tools for guitar work? I don't trust Amazon. Only been playing for a year or so, and I'm new to this. Look. I trust Stumac. They're just expensive. There's no question in my mind about recommending Stumac tools to anybody. The only caveat is they're expensive. Um, keep in mind, I'm not. I'm never going to say that their prices are worth it. Okay. What I will say is, is that that's what I own, and I did buy them. <laughs> Right. So there you go. I mean, I don't know what other accolade I can give. Uh, but uh, if you buy them, you'll buy them once and you'll have them forever. They have great service. In fact, like I said, my biggest problem when I started doing my YouTube videos and the reason I'm even involved with Stumac in any way is that Stumac guys, they reached out to me because they noticed that I kept using their tools that haven't been made in like 10 years. So they kept sending me the newest version so that when I would do the video, they could obviously get some sales from that because they, they didn't want you guys going on their website and being like, well, the one he had is different looking right 
Um, and uh, uh, so that's it. So that's what I recommend. Uh, you know what? The, here's the thing. Here's a tip when it comes to Stumac. First of all, their shipping is ridiculous. Uh, they know that. I, I, they haven't told me that, but I mean, I've told them that personally. I, I don't hold anything you guys tell me. I tell the companies I deal with. I've told Brock at Stumac that their shipping is ridiculous. Um, that being said, uh, Dark uh, Shadow Wito, what I would recommend you do is this is what you do. Okay. Um, you don't go there and buy tools. You set a budget for yourself. If it's a hundred dollars, $200, whatever it is, 50 bucks, you have to set a budget and then, uh, and then go there and go, okay, what can I knock out and get? Um, so, and it has to do with, uh, that I, Stumac asked me if I would do a list for their tools and they were going to post on their website and everything. I, I don't know if it's cause COVID, but that fell through. So if you guys are interested in that, put a comment down below. I will definitely make a list of not all the tools, like no ridiculous thing. Like seriously, like if, like, uh, like here, maybe if you think that's a video, I would love to do a video, a video. Like if, if you only had 200 bucks, what's do Mac tools? What I absolutely own for 200 bucks that would get me through forever. And I can already tell you right now, uh, the, the list I was trying to do for them was $150, but I would be a lot easier if I just did $200. I would love to do that list. I don't get anything for that. Like, you know, affiliates, they don't have any affiliate programs with them, but obviously it would do well for them and maybe it'd do well for you guys. And then what's great about that is dark, uh, shadow window. <laughs> it's the weirdest name to have to say over, over again, uh, is that, um, uh, I'll give you the list. And then with Amazon and stuff, just like anywhere else, you can source cheaper tools. Um, one of the things I will caution people about there's certain tools and i'll tell you this like the fret rocker you the stumac one's good it's expensive but like those one he made obviously uh he made this and it's awesome um i mean like i said you can you, you can use a, a business card I, I use i have a video where i use a credit card to um as a fret rocker works fine could totally be fine with it forever um and then Paul says, with Stumac membership, shipping is free. I don't know why I don't do that. <laughs> I think it's because in my head, it just means I'm going to spend more money with Stumac. Um, I will say this, though. I want to say a compliment to Stumac. I just recently had something funny happen with Stumac, and I just feel like I feel bad if I don't say this to you guys and let you guys know this publicly. I bought $900 worth of tools from Stumac a couple weeks ago, and they found out... <laughs> Uh, and they emailed me and asked me why I did that. And I said, uh, well, I didn't want to wear out my welcome. I said, um, I needed some tools and they were very gracious and they sent me a partial refund for some stuff and sent me some extra stuff. And, uh, that was really cool. I get it. I get it. It's a channel to get exposure and all that stuff. I mean, I'm not dumb, you know, right. I understand what the monetary gain is from interacting with the channel like this, but I just want to say it was kind of, it made me feel really good because, you know what I mean? It just, it was nice. It was a nice gesture is what I'm trying to say. And it was really cool. It really made me happy because, because <laughs> you know, I wasn't expecting it. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Matt Harrison says, I got a notch straight edge from Amazon. It's great. Um, and so you guys know, I did a video where I reviewed some, some Amazon tools that I bought and, uh, compared them and, and you know, looked at what I liked. And there were some that are really good and some they're not. In fact, there's some of those tools from the stu uh, from the Amazon purchase I'm still using. And some of them I tossed in the trash. <laughs> but uh, I said that in the video, which ones I liked and which ones I didn't. Um, so there you go. Uh, and then Dylan says, I'd love to see the tools that you do 
to do a real setup on a guitar. And that's what I was going at with this was, uh, you know, what tools do you absolutely have to have? Um, and uh, ex exactly. So, yeah, I I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll make the promise right now. Here's the promise. Uh, I hate to say next week because it's just always like when you say that, it's just so BS because it never happens. I, I promise you guys uh, before, not next week, but in two weeks, I, within two weeks, I promise there'll be an episode. I'll do a video where I'll just, like I said, roll out the tools that I use for everything you need for us. I'll just call it everything you need for a setup. These are the tools. Walk through, I'll rate them. And then, uh, and then do a quick setup on a video and, and walk through that. And the video, and that I've been telling myself I'd be doing that for a while, and I haven't done it. Um, the problem I'm noticing now with a lot of a lot of you viewers are is a lot of my repair videos are in these other videos, and they're not isolated enough for you to find them, so it gets a little weird. Um, so. Oh, okay. And then, because uh, we're going long anyways, uh, uh, it says TM, Bri TM Bridge says, what are your thoughts about using special lighting and or filters on guitar photos when posting to Reverb eBay? Dishonest or legitimate? No, that's bull crap. Pisses me off epically. I've had it happen to me so many times. I'm going to go on a tirade now. I've had it to me so many times that I think I, I almost just want to choke somebody. Uh, and I'm not a violent person, but <laughs> my dog's barking. My dog's mad because I'm mad. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. First of all, let me tell you, the first time it ever happened to me that really upset me was I did a video. Do you guys remember I did a review of a diamond guitar? And I reviewed the guitar. And I had two of them, and I never reviewed the second one. And the reason I didn't it was because I, the guitars were great. The problem I got was I got the guitars, and when I opened the boxes, my first reaction was like, these don't look like what they look like on the website. Then I was like, what's going on? So I pushed through the video, and I, I, I did the first video onus on me. In other words, I went and I, I, I just ignored that fact because I'm like, that's ah, me. It's my mistake. I did it wrong. Well, later I found out that Diamond Guitars, the old Diamond Guitars, was Photoshopping the pictures in their website. And that's why the tops look so great. And when I found that out, I was actually like furious. I was like, yeah, that would explain. Because again, there was nothing wrong with the guitars. You know what it was? I don't know what was wrong with me. I, I, when you go to the fast food restaurant and you see the picture of the burger, you don't. When you get when you get that smushed piece of crap burger, you don't get upset because you're aware of it. It's just the idea that I thought I was still getting that picture, so I was a little upset that about. It. But I'll tell you some of the other things. I've had it happen now on Reverb so many times where you know, yeah, there's accidental things on Reverb. For instance, they don't use the best camera. Maybe they use their phone, and and so you know about cameras. If you don't know th this basic thing about cameras, is some cameras can't get all the colors. So like for instance, the cameras I use in my videos, which are Sony cameras. I have Sony and Canons. Like I have a Canon 70D and I have a Sony 4K and stuff like that. Um, I think I have it. Yeah, I do. That that surf green telly right there, um, in most of my videos, you guys think it's a different color because the camera's like not not using that color. Like my, my lack of my what I know about cameras, it grabs some color or makes the, a color that's closest to the spectrum it can understand. So it, it's not right. So that happens on reverb. That's not the person's fault. Although I personally feel me, I love it when the, when people put in their auction, uh, like this guitar looks blue, but trust me, it's really green. <laughs> you know what I mean? Put that in there. If you know the picture doesn't look like what it looks like, put put a disclaimer. Um, but I've had it happen where I got a guitar, literally a guitar that is green, and I thought I was buying blue. I still have it to this day, but 
And I sent the guy an email. He even put it as the wrong color. He labeled it. So yeah. Um, but but yeah. To to answer your question, no. I think uh, taking a picture and photoshopping it or air. You see, you're brushing it. What do you say? Uh, you know, using lighting. Look, trying to get the, the thing to look its best. There's nothing wrong with that. But mis making it not look like what it is. That's where it crosses the line. There you go. All right. Uh, Let's see. Hold on. Okay. Uh, Matt wants to know. Matt Bud says, I'm here late. Did Phil talk about the the 335 we've been seeing glimpses of? I did not, buddy. Uh, but that video is, uh, that is not the next video, but it's coming fast. I'll be talking about the ES335s. Fives, plural. Not a sponsored video, by the way. It's not sponsored by anybody. So, but, um, uh, yeah. And then a lot of you guys are now just talking about color temps and all kinds of cameras, but same thing. Yeah. I, like I said, I understand I'm horrible with cameras, so I understand being horrible with cameras, but there's a difference between that and, um, uh, and then 94 Dodge says I didn't do a super chat. So let me find it, buddy. And then we'll end with yours. That's how this works. 94 Super, no, 94 Super, Super Chat. 94 Dodge Dude says, hey, Phil, wondering about your experience of true nitro, i.e. Gibson PRS private stock versus new nitro over cellulose finish on new cores for Nex. Okay. I am not uh, a, a uh, I'm not, I don't care about finishes. I used to think that I liked finishes. I used to think like nitro is sticky because it is and poly is not sticky. There was all these things. And then what I've learned now is that in the right guitar, things feel in a certain way. They feel pretty good. So um, what, what he's talking about for the, for the rest of you is there's a bunch of different kinds of, kinds of finishes. There's obviously polyurethane, polyester, nitro, uh, nitrocellulose, lacquer, nitrocellulose, nitrocellulose lacquer. Sorry, maybe I need water again. Hold on. And then, um, hold on, where's it at? And then he was also talking about true nitro, whatever, nitrocellulose lacquer. Um, and then there's cellulose finish over uh, nitrocellulose finish. So in other words, so you know, there's other things. There's like acrylic, and then there's sometimes they can put acrylic over nitro, nitro over acrylic. Um, I don't believe, I'm sorry, guys, I don't. I told you this before, I believe in the everything matters a percentage. I believe the percentage of the tone coming from the finish is like 0.00001%. It's just off my radar. So when somebody says, oh, when you beat up a guitar, it sounds better because it exposes more of the wood. Uh, you know, sure. You know, if you think that great, but I don't hear it. So I don't, if I don't hear it, it doesn't matter to me. It's, that's the terminology I like to talk in. So you guys know that I don't tell somebody they're wrong because there's no, I don't care. It's not like I said, it's not like a safety concern for me. You can believe whatever you believe. I don't hear it. I don't hear a difference between polyester, polyurethane or nitro. I don't. Um, if you give me the same guitars with different finishes, there might be a difference. But again, it's so minor that whatever the difference is doing, I think I can counteract it with 
a different pickup or different adjustments on the amp or stuff like that. So it, to me, the finishes all become about how they feel. And that's why I said how they feel. Um, behind me right now on the wall, as you can see, I have different finishes. That's nitro, that's nitro, that's polyurethane. That's probably polyester or polyurethane. That's nitro, that's uh, polyurethane. I think Kiesel's polyurethane. They might be polyester. Um, <clears throat> the reason is, excuse my cough, I'm sorry. The reason I tell you this is because when you go to all these factories, you see all these reasonings for why they, they paint stuff. And I'm just going to give you what I learned from that. And that maybe help you the most. What I learned visiting all the factories is the finishes usually in marketing, the marketing side of the company, is all, it's all about the magic of the finish. But in the manufacturing side, it's all about the efficiency of the finish. <laughs> How well can they make the guitars with that finish? I, it's that's what I so that's what I learned going in the kitchen so to speak uh, is that everybody can talk a good game about their finishes and what they do to the sound but realistically it's going to be what works best for them I've seen people say nitro works better but then they admittedly told me that they like working with nitro and then I've heard people say well polyurethane is far superior and nitro is crap yet then in the background they told me they just hate working with nitro right so it's the same same logic. So again, it's not that a finish is. I believe a finish is not doesn't affect the sound or doesn't affect anything. I just don't think it's that that important. Um, KSWG two hundred says sand those sticky necks. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> um, so it depends. Um, the only argument I do really, really, really understand is when somebody says nitrocellulose is sticky and it feels weird to them. You know what I mean? Because it's like makes them all, you know, stick to that. That that I understand. That that I get. But like the whole idea that nitro breathes is just silly to me. Nitro doesn't ever truly harden. That is a fact. Um, what that matters, I have no idea what it would matter. But. Uh, Archie 3K says, why does nitrocellulose smell so nice? I, ha I have to smell the guitar every time I pull it out of the and play it. Yeah, you if you guys don't know, it does. It smells sweet, like candy. That's nice, <laughs> right? And sometimes the polyurethane, polyester to me is the most plasticky smelling. It smells like pool toys gone wrong. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yes, vanilla. Some people say it smells like vanilla. I, I can see that too. Definitely has a vanilla smell. I do like it. Um, And then 94 Dodge Dude says, how do you feel about the new PRS finishes? Uh, so I bought a new PRS and it has the new finish, the new Nitro. In fact, Nathan was making fun of me because he was like, oh, you had to have the new Nitro finish. I, it's not why I did it. Um, I, I've talked about this before. PRS has had problems with their finishes lifting on certain guitars. And uh, I don't know. I tried to talk to Jack Higginbotham about this on the podcast I did with him, but he's not really versed in that side of the company. So I didn't really feel like pursuing it with him because he's been winding up the SC side. So it wasn't, you know, I didn't get that he was not, didn't want to talk about it. Just he didn't have all the information I was looking for. But uh, my point is uh, um, I was trying to see if that's why they changed the Nitro, but I don't think that's why they changed the Nitro Celius finish. So if you guys don't know, all, fin all PRS guitars now as of this year, are now nitrocellulose lacquer finished. All American guitars. If it comes out of the American factory, it's nitrocellulose lacquer. So um, I think they're saying that Paul says it sounds better. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it sounds better. I just, all I care about is that the finish doesn't lift off the damn guitar. <laughs> so, all right. On that note, I think we're gonna call it. <laughs> Um, 
Uh, okay, and I got to end on this note, and then we're calling it. Uh, Super Dan two two four seven production says, uh, "Did the shellac? Did the shellac smell good when you did the tweed? The shellac smells okay." Uh, my, I had, my daughter said it smelled pretty good, but what's funny was then I told her it comes from a bud's, a bug's butt. It's bug poop. It's not really, but it's secreted from a bug. And she was like, that's gross, but yeah, it smells okay. All right. Uh, and then Emil, Emil says, I know I said I'm done, but I'm just, this is on the same subject. I just want to make sure we finish out the subject. It says, Phil, do you think PRS is going to lacquer? Well, well, do you think do you think PRS going to lacquer will drive Fender to do more lacquer on its American guitars? Uh, no, no. Mostly because regardless of anything, of pressure or anything, you understand Fender's in California. California's got is harsh on laws when it comes to lacquer. So uh, they're not in a place to where they're going to want to do that. Uh, no, I don't think, and I don't think companies actually care. Like, I don't think PRS went to lacquer because of Gibson. It's just, you know, um, like I said, there's, the, the thing about lacquer, and then this is how we end on the lacquer thing. The thing about lacquer that is cool is it ages, okay? I bought a blue PRS that's got lacquer. I'm fully aware of the fact that it's probably going to start greening over time because the lacquer yellows and then the yellow coat over the blue hue will cause it to be green. It'll cause it to be different colors. That's why you see old Gibson Les Pauls that are um, silver burst. They look greenish because the yellow over the silver is kind of blue tinted. So the yellow coats the blue and then it turns green. Uh, there's something cool about lacquer just aging. It looks old and cool, beat up. If that's what you're into, you know what I mean? If you like it, all stuff to age well, it ages. Where some of the polyurethanes look brand new 20 years later. <laughs> so if you're, you know, that's cool too, but a lot of people don't like that. They like the, you know, I think I told you this story once I had a, I had a, I have a, a friend who's a guitar player and he plays and he gigs out and he had American Strat and he was playing out like seriously four times a week, three, four times a week. And after two years, the guitar still looked brand new. He's like, he just could not. Cause he, you know, he didn't chip it. He didn't drop it. Just literally could not wear the damn finish off. And he's like, yeah, it's all this work I'm playing. It doesn't even look like it, it looks like he just bought a new guitar. And he was not unhappy about it, but it, you know, he, he kind of made him want a relic guitar. I think a little bit more. Um, so, uh, all right. Uh, on that note, we'll follow up with this next week. As always, I gotta say, obviously a big, huge thank you to everyone that hung out with me today. I know we were a little long, but I also got to think, say thank you to Justin, uh, to Brian, to Nathan. Uh, thank you. Uh, obviously I, the, um, the, um, I'm sorry. Where's it at? I'm losing stuff. Uh, and I don't know why I call Brad Brian. Brad, I'm sorry, dude. I'm just a little space right now. Um, uh, thank you. I know I was late on the birthday card. I got this about a week and a half ago, and I was just late. So thank you on that. Um, thank you again, Nathan and the guys, uh, for this. I, I just still shocked. And again, one more time so you guys can see that just amazing top, that, that color. Um, thank you guys so much. I don't know how to... Uh, to end a show like this so i'll just say thank you as always for your time and uh until next friday uh i know your gear <laughs>